0: All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. It's a Thursday afternoon. I'm Adrian Bratis along with Jason Craig, Angel Munoz getting things started on a busy Thursday afternoon. It's NBA Draft Day. We'll we'll uh, break down the NBA draft ahead of this big one. 6 o'clock is the start. Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Paolo Banquero at 1, 2, and 3 in this. Uh, this should be a lot of fun. I can't wait for this one coming up later tonight. ABC ESPN will have the coverage for the NBA draft. Also, Happy Arch Manning Commitment Day. I can't believe this one. Uh, I was shocked to hear the news today that Arch Manning announced his commitment to Texas that included uh, his, um, you know, he had a lot of teams that were after him, including Georgia, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Virginia. Arch Manning, the top number one recruit in the class of 2023, he's committed to the Texas Longhorns, and then there's more turmoil in Brooklyn between Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and the front office of the Brooklyn Nets. A lot of sports to get to today. Uh, and hey, we're leading up to a busy weekend, which is the a All the Way Foundation charity softball game heading out Friday. It's uh, going to take place at 7.30, first pitch, home run derby set for 6.30, and uh, we will be live at the ballpark starting at 4 o'clock for Sports Talk. I'm talking about myself, Jason Craig, Sal Montes will be in the mix as well, Michelle Salazar will be helping us out, and uh, we'll be giving away some tickets for the a a All the Way charity softball game here on this show. So if you want to go out there, watch Aaron Jones go up against Alvin Jones along with celebrity guests throughout the softball game, you could join us here on Sports Talk and hear ways on how to get in on these giveaways. Our telephone number today, 915-505-6009, as we get started. And uh, so happy to bring on one of uh, El Paso's newest sports reporters, She is Rachel Phillips out at KVIA. She's the weekend sports anchor for ABC 7 Breaking. And uh, she joins us here today on Sports Talk, along with being a sideline reporter for the El Paso Locomotive FC. Rachel, thank you so much. Hey, it's been a while. I mean... It, we, we had this idea of you bring uh, coming on the show for a while now, and I'm so happy that you finally get to do it. Thanks so much for joining us today.
1: No, thank you for having me. When you reached out, I, I was so, so pumped to come on here and, and chat with you guys. It's awesome to be on.
0: So what's it been like uh, just joining the sports ranks? Uh, you, you have a sports background like, uh, like a lot of people should know here in the 915. So I feel like for this transition, I'm not trying to speak for you, but I feel like this transition for you had to be a little seamless just knowing uh, kind of the landscape of sports here in this city.
1: Yeah, it's definitely been easier than I think anyone coming in from somewhere out of town and then coming in and going straight into sports. Because my whole background's in sports; what I studied at school. It's it's what I've really wanted to do my whole life. So I I took a news job to start with because I wanted to get my foot in the door and, and kind of build from there. But the whole goal for me has been working towards getting that weekend sports anchor job, and, and now I have it, which is really exciting. And obviously, I already have a bit of background with sports here in El Paso. I you know worked on the Borderland Blitz with ABC Seven last year. Loved that. I've done some feature stories throughout the year and a half I've been here as well. Um, whether it be UTEP football, the locomotive head coach, done a few feature stories, and really just tried to do as many sports stuff as I could while I was doing news and, and now finally getting to really grasp on and, and do sports fully.
0: So, as an Australian, what's it like living in the city of El Paso?
1: It's great. I mean, I definitely still uh, go into some places and talk, and I can tell that no one has any idea what I'm saying, which is uh, interesting to say the least. You
0: sound fine. Your vernacular is fine.
1: Thank you. Well, any Australian I talk to now now says that I have an American twang in, in the accent. <laughs> so, at this point, I just can't win because Americans say I sound too Australian. They can't understand me. And then Australians say I sound too American. And uh, it's just a, it's a mess right now. But trying to I'm trying to keep the Aussie accent going because, I mean, it's, it's home. You want to yeah, sound like home?
2: Of course. How does Hugh Jackman do it?
1: I don't know. I mean, I'm not even going to give you an attempt at an American accent because it's, it's appalling from N- my N- end. Nicole
2: Kidman so- kills it. And I don't. And then, when I hear them speak you know in their their native tongue, I'm just like, "What is happening? That is not the Wolverine." <laughs>
0: I haven't heard him I haven't heard him sp- speak off air so that's, that, that's you've one. never heard him no. are you kidding a- out of the break I promise we'll play something so that I can hear <laughs> it. I'll hear it live and I'll react live I promise uh, Rachel thanks so much for joining us again um, I re- I didn't realize how much of a big Diet Coke person you were until you step foot in the building you have a Diet Coke with you Diet Coke is in your Twitter bio uh, I'm, I'm looking just I-, I don't even have to scroll far on this page before I see a tweet about Diet Coke what's the infatuation like
1: well someone tweeted at me today about Diet Coke, one of my old professors at ASU, so I blame her for that being so high up on my feet today Um, but yeah, I literally was at UTEP football practice went to the station to grab a Diet Coke and came right here, I was like, I need a Diet Coke I need to feel it in my veins and feel like I'm alive again today Uh, My mum is addicted to Diet Coke and so I grew up with it in the, in the house always. And my sisters and I used to, you know, like the big two-liter bottles. I don't know what, what yeah. it would be here. She yeah. used to have them in the fridge. And my sisters and I would go up to the fridge, open it, like sneak away from her. And we would like share the bottle around it and take sips. And depending on where it was, <laughs> at the level of the label, we would drink as much as we could without my mom ever finding out or noticing. And uh, from there, it's just been, you know, a journey with Diet Coke. I'm fully addicted to it, but... As I say, there's a lot of worse things to be addicted to, so I'll, t- I'll take diet coke.
0: Have you ever had sports fans go up to you and buy you a diet coke, or just hand you a diet coke?
1: I have not, but I, I would not be opposed to that in uh, future encounters.
2: Welcome to El Paso. This <laughs> <it laughs> might be a trend. It, it's over. <laughs> we're gonna have
0: to well, every time we address you, Rachel. We're gonna have to bring a diet coke with you. Why didn't we have some diet cokes ready? Yeah, here? you
1: should have known. You see it in the in the Twitter bio.
0: Yeah, come on. I, I should have done my homework a- ahead of time and been prepared. Uh, dollar store is right there. We could have done. We could have made this happen. So I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in our lack of preparation right here. Uh, My my fiance likes diet coke a lot too. So we have to have some diet coke on deck. I'll I'll be honest. For me, I could just do coffee and black tea all day. Like I I could just do that all day. Caffeine, water. I'm good with that. What's it? What's a uh, what what? About Diet Coke uh, Just uh, makes it so you love it so much Or that you're addicted in a sense
1: Well I don't drink coffee So I think that might wow. be I don't like the taste of it I wish I did Because I, I, the reason why I drink Diet Coke Is for the caffeine, right? Makes sense And the, the taste I, You take that first sip This sounds like a real addict right now But you take that first sip And it like <laughs> lights lights my whole face up My body feels like I'm like okay I'm good to go for the day So I don't know It just it makes me feel good And I, I, I do have a rule though I won't drink it before 10am That's like the general rule
0: Okay. See that. All right. Real quick, I'll jump in. I know you guys are chomping at the bit. Um, Coke Zero. My dad's a Coke Zero guy, but he drinks it for, during like breakfast.
1: Oh no! Like right, like the never.
0: breakfast kind of thing. Because he he's like you. He doesn't like coffee. He doesn't like uh, you know. He'll drink he'll drink other things like water and stuff like that and juices and stuff. But uh, cokes are his go to. Coke Zeroes. So uh, when I was growing up, I, I used to see him you know, cereal in the morning with a with a side of uh, Coke Zero or something like that.
1: I no, only ever, can't do that. No, when I was working, because I used to work the weekend morning show at KVA. So when I was doing that, every now and then I'd have to have a diet coke. At <laughs> like like three AM in the morning when I or one AM when I got out of bed to go to work and like produce the show, I'd I'd crack open a diet coke because at that point it's just like the days the days all meld together and you know there's no time anymore.
0: Uh, you guys, thumbs up, thumbs down when it comes to uh, uh, diet coke. Are you guys diet coke drinkers or are you guys the pa- the type to pass on a diet coke and you'll go for something else? I'll drink water. You'll drink a water. I am a water guy too. Wow! But like, wow. it's 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 interesting
3: because uh, whenever I hear people talk about how they like Diet Coke, it's usually that it's like it's like an addiction. You
2: know
4: what <laughs> I mean? Like you you you
2: love it. You know,
0: if you love it, you love it. If it, you
2: love it, you love it. It's something about the can I can't do. It's the can. I don't know. I
0: like the can. What's wrong it's with a the clean can. can. <laughs> what do you mean?
2: I can't do it. You I, know what? It's just so. It's so <laughs> ragey. It's just so. <laughs> I, I can't do it, man. <laughs> I don't like. I've it.
0: never, I've never heard somebody I, describe a, a soda can like as co-co- raging. Like a
2: Coca Cola, it's you know Coca Cola, and it, it the way it looks, it's but the same thing. Like, just I, it's just huge, and I can't do it. I just wow. can't.
1: The the Diet Coke I have in my hand right now is also exploded because. I would usually grab, like, a few of the packs from Albertsons or wherever I shop and put it in the back of the car. And then if I need it at home, I'd take one up. Or if I need it at work, I'd take one into work. But now with the heat, they explode. Yep. So I, I got to... El Paso heat, I gotta stop doing it, because now I just end up with cans that are half-exploded. And
2: that's how you know there's, like, a real addiction there, because she doesn't care about the shape of the can. It's it's, <laughs> it's not a safe thing, because it easily, easily when she opens, it's gonna explode.
0: Easily. Oh, but, man. This is this is great. I love how we're starting to talk about Diet Coke here on the show, uh, with Rachel Phillips from uh, KBIA, uh, here on the show. Hey, uh, let's talk some sports, Rachel. You've been involved with the El Paso Locomotive FC as their sideline reporter for a while now, and it's been one of those things where you have a a great relationship with the television broadcast crew uh, made up of Heidi Mocha and, of course, our own Duke Keith. We love those two, and the fact that you joined that group is awesome. Uh, What's it been like working with the team in uh, kind of a sideline reporter sense, working on the ESPN Plus broadcast and everything you, you guys do with this?
1: Yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, my dream, like long term, is to be a sideline reporter. So any experience I can get right now while I'm also working at KBA is is perfect for me. And Duke and Heidi are awesome. We the three of us have a lot of fun, and we joke around a fair bit too. Um, there's a few. Duke's pretty good with the with the Aussie slang. So he. Uh, he has oh, a couple words, killer. yeah. He has a couple words here and there for me that throws me off during the broadcast. But no, we have a lot of fun, and, and the team, the locomotive, all the camera guys, production, uh, Juan, who's kind of leads it all. They're all awesome and makes it a really fun kind of thing to do. And and obviously, you know, uh, John Hutchinson, the head coach, he's Australian, so. I have a lot of fun with him uh, whether it be at training or i speak to him every half time seeing how the team's going and, and we muck around a fair bit so it's nice to be able to have kind of that home connection and really helps feel like a part of the team and a part of the broadcast
0: okay i'm all about getting new words in my vocabulary like like new slang words so when you said muck up i like that right there so so describe it to me what it what's what's that
1: mucking around is just kind of like or, having fun yeah oh okay just like, you know having a couple jokes he'll like make fun of me, you know, just like that kind of thing. We were at a training the other day, and I was in a really bright uh, sweater, which is a jumper. I call it a jumper in Australia. Okay, wait, wait, I got to start writing you. this yeah. down. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> so,
0: here, hold on, hold on. And, All right, so uh, we got mucking around.
1: Yep, mucking around, having fun, and then jumper. And a, and a
0: jumper.
2: Which
1: is sweater. Oh, yeah. okay. So I, I can't in, wait
2: for the winter time.
1: I was in a really bright jumper at training, and uh, he walks out for the press conference, and he goes... Rachel, I bet you no one's ever told you that that is a nice jumper. And I was like, uh, yeah, I've had a lot of people. And he goes around to everyone in the media, has anyone ever told Rachel that that is a nice jumper? And everyone was like, uh, and he's like, just checking. Has anyone said it today? And they were all like, no. And he was like, cool, just wanted, just wanted to check. <laughs> and I was like, come on, Hutch.
5: Oh, man. But, uh,
1: no, it's I mean, that's like, the Australian sense of humour we we kind of banter back and forth so it's fun to be a part of that and just you know the the team there the locomotive as a whole would treat me really well and give me a lot of insight Uh, it helps both with Channel Seven and with the locomotive, so it's really
0: cool. With uh, with this team, it's interesting because they started off sluggish. It was a it was a slow start to the season. Then at home, I mean, they've just been reeling off everything that they've done. Six unbeat, six matches in a row unbeaten at home, uh, including just coming off that one one tie against Detroit that was uh, nationally televised on ESPN. Uh, take me through this locomotive season. It's been a kind of a roller coaster, but at least things are trending up right now.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, you know, Hutch came into a team that he didn't really pick a lot of the guys. For the most part, he just was dealt the hand that he already had given to him. And that takes a while to to adjust for both him and for the players as a whole and for everyone to kind of come together as a team. And he came in and changed a lot of things. Like the system, the way they have things going now, they've never done before. So it's going to take a while for things to kind of click into gear. And we're we're seeing that now. I think, you know, their last six games, there's six unbeaten right now. Um, they're looking to put back-to-back wins together, which they haven't been able to do all season. But they're building momentum, and it's fun to be a part of. You can see a training, like, the guys are having fun now. At the start, it was a little a little rough, but now it's having fun. I mean, and they've also just had such a bad run with, with injuries and international duties, um, and then, you know, Harry Brockbank obviously went back to England, Diego Luna went to the MLS. So just a lot of random things kind of all culminating together, but... I think now they've got a really good team on their hands and once they start getting a few new guys in um, and building off of it, I think they're probably going to hit their stride right at the right time when playoffs start. So it's exciting to be a part of.
0: Well, that's great because the Locomotive FC right now, they're trending upward. They're trying to make the playoffs. And uh, hey, and you're one for John Hutchinson, I think that would be awesome for them. Uh, Rachel, stick around with us. We want to keep you on the show here. We want to talk other things other than Diet Coke. We want to talk some more sports with you here on the show. Uh, before we go to our break, we're going to give away our first pair of a a All the Way charity softball game tickets. Uh, we will have a trivia contest for this one. Angel K. Keep your eye on the phone. What we'll need is a uh, name and phone number and email address. And then we'll be able to send that over to the person. Uh, and then uh, if they get, uh, if they are the winner, uh, they'll get two tickets to the ANA All The Way Charity Softball game. The first winner to call into the show has to give us this uh, answer, okay. So UTEP's all-time leading rusher is Aaron Jones, who will be as part of Team Showtime tomorrow, and uh, he's going up against Team Vino, which is Alvin Jones Jr. UTEP, uh, I mean, excuse me, Aaron Jones is UTEP's all-time leading rusher at 4,111 and 14 yards. He ranks seventh in Conference USA's all-time rushing list. Whose record did he break at UTEP after rushing for a program single season best 1,773 yards, which is fifth best in FBS? So which person, which player in UTEP history did Aaron Jones break uh, his record for that rushing record at UTEP? He is the all-time leading rusher. Who's the second all-time leading rusher in UTEP football history? First one in at 915-505-6009. We'll get our first. Two tickets to the A&A All the Way charity softball game taking place tomorrow night, 6.30 start at Southwest University Park. We're going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, more with Rachel Phillips from KVIA as Sports Talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Welcome back to Sports Talk, along with Jason Craig Angel Munoz, our guest this hour, Rachel Phillips from KVIA, the newest sports reporter who's joining us here on the show as we continue. Rachel, thanks so much for all the time today. Really appreciate it. We're just goofing around having fun.
1: It's a blast. I could do this any day of the week.
0: Okay, I'm. I'm glad. We, we might hold you to that. Okay. <laughs> hey, uh, congratulations to Brian Clevenger who won the con- uh, the trivia contest for the Aaron Jones tickets. He won two tickets to the A All the Way charity softball game, which is taking place tomorrow, six thirty start. He won the first two sets of tickets as he guessed correctly. John Harvey bro- uh was the person that Aaron Jones uh, Aaron Jones broke uh, John Harvey's twenty eight year old record after. he he rushed for a program single-season best, 1,773 yards, which is best uh, fifth-best in a single-season performance throughout Conference USA history. Uh, so congratulations to Brian. We'll continue to have more trivia questions throughout the show and give more tickets away here for the a All the Way charity softball game, which is taking place tomorrow. Uh, Rachel, will you be there tomorrow at the at the ballpark for this event?
1: I actually won't be. I'm off work tomorrow. Nice! Okay, congratulations. Thank Welcome you. Welcome to the weekend. So I'm, I'm actually going to hit off uh, to Waters to go to the fair tomorrow.
0: Oh man! Yeah. Wait, have you things. ever been?
1: This, yeah, it's be my my third time going to Waters. But did uh, uh, you not know go? I'm we,
0: surprised.
1: We have some. This is the funniest thing I think ever. So when I was in Phoenix and I got the job here, everyone was like, "Whatever you do, don't go to Waters." Like when you get there, I was like, "All right, all right." And then I get oh, here, I'm so upset. People no, say no. that. So then I get here and everyone at work was like, "We got to take you to Waters." So it was like the first thing they all said to me, and I was like who do I believe here? But I, I, I went with the work people and, and everyone at work. A lot of the guys, you know, they live, lived over there or some of them still live over there. So feel very, like have a lot of fun and feel very safe over there. So it's, it's a good time.
0: Okay. The La Feria yes. is a, is uh apparently a blast um i have never been but i always drive by on 375 it looks live like they've got live music i've seen photos and videos of it they've got food all I- i've had friends who just tell me hey bring bring like 25 bucks you'll eat you'll drink you'll have a great time out there jason are you a hottest person
2: i've never been i've always wanted never to go been. well the military prevented me from doing that the first oh you know, I understand. but now okay. i just haven't i just haven't had a chance to go i've gotten
0: really close though okay okay angel are you a Juarez guy uh I've been to Juarez only maybe like two or three times in my I'm a, life yeah I'm is, a childhood Juarez yeah, person you know you like know? when I was in, when I was a child that's mm-hmm. when I, I used to go all the time yeah. so I I kind of I'm a fake Juarez person I was right say, now am
1: I beating all of you guys I think you are Rachel yeah, wow. I think you've
0: been and and how long have you been here a year and a half A year and a half yeah Man, we got some work to do, boys. <laughs> we got a lot of work to do. How many? How long is La going to be here? Huh? That's how. That's that's how, uh, that's our timeline right there. Uh, Rachel, you said you did some stuff for UTEP football. What's it like working around the football team? Uh, I know Josh Sloan, the punter. He's also from Australia. Uh, somebody who always wears his Aussie pride on, on his back. Uh, what's it like talking to some of these players, and specifically somebody like Josh?
1: Yeah, it's great. I mean, Josh and I did uh, I did a feature story with him. Uh, last year, sometime, and, and we had a blast. I mean, I, I said from the get go, oh, I know we're gonna get along. Like before I even met him, because it's just natural with an Australian. You, you get up and you start talking in the way we talk to each other, and, and it just ends up being a good time. We actually, we shared some Vegemite sandwiches together uh, when we did that story. I don't know if you ever, have you heard of Vegemite. No, what is it? You haven't heard of
0: it? No, no. It's Tell like- me
1: an Australian delicacy.
0: Okay, okay.
1: It's, it's a spread that you put on. So you put, make toast and then spread some butter and you spread some Vegemite. A very thin layer of Vegemite because it's very, like, salty. It, the best way to describe it is it's salty. Have you heard of it?
2: No. Oh, wow. It's like hummus? You went
1: to, you went to Australia and you, haven't, you never tried it?
2: I don't think I ate any of the food. I was quite amazed by seeing Hungry Jack's. <laughs> and I was like, no, that's Burger King. And so I didn't eat anything. I just drank beer.
1: <laughs> it's also a good thing to do in Australia if you're there. But no, so it's it's like a it's like a spread, like a condiment I guess. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so we, we had some veggie made sandwiches together, which was fun. But uh no, Josh is great and it's gonna be cool to see him kinda continue to go um in the season here this year especially coming off the back of, you know, last year being such a successful season for UTEP as a whole. Uh but out at practice today, they were pushing them. They were had them oh, doing yeah. Hill sprints up the stairs, like, just constantly just reps and reps and then uh, just tons of work all about strength and conditioning right now and uh, getting the mental preparedness to get into the season, so... They're looking like they're going to be pretty strong out there.
0: Well, that's good to hear. I, I mean, we're always trying to keep tabs on this UTEP football team because we know what they're able to do. We know that last year they had a, a, a real successful season. Uh, before you, uh, w- before we continue, I just realized you went to the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism out at ASU. Uh, one of my best friends, Diego Mendoza, actually went there as well. What's it like going through that school? Because I know, I mean, uh, when it when it comes to sports journalism, it's one of the best in the country.
1: Yeah, and that that's why I went. I, I'd heard I'd come over to the states and done like a three week exchange at Michigan State in my undergrad, and that was when I realized I wanted to do journalism. And my professor there was like, "If you want to come back to the states and you know do a masters or something, you should go to the Cronkite School." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, whatever," you know. And I went home and I looked at. it. I was like, "Oh yeah, that looks like a like a pretty good school." So I, uh, I applied and I got in, and it was a blast. It was a really I just did a three semester master's degree there. And super intensive, super great, lots of real-world experience that to this day I still, like, things I learned there I'm using constantly here. So it was an awesome program. And teachers, I still talk to, like, three of my professors, like, regularly. Like, nice. text them, like, every week because I just got to have such a great relationship with them and they all had just incredible, like, one of my teachers was a sideline reporter for the Bulls back when Jordan was playing. And then another one was, like, one of the first women reporters in Phoenix. And girls still talk about how she was the one that, the reason why they got into sports because she was doing it she was one of the first women ever in phoenix to be doing it so just some really incredible and inspiring teachers to learn from so it was an awesome experience
0: why how important is it for us as just you know everyday people to just realize that hey women in sports should be a thing and we should get more women in sports whether it's playing sports covering sports involved directly in a sports organization being hired from a sports organization stuff like that why is it that it's so important
1: I mean, I think it's so important because I mean, I know for me, the reason why I'm doing it now is because I had other women to look up to when I was a kid, watching them do it, and be like, "Oh, that's a job that I could actually do." Oh, cool, I, that's that's a dream job for me, and so that's why I pursued it. And I think the more women that we have doing it, whether it be playing or reporting on it or whatever, it just helps encourage other other girls growing up to do it. Um, especially, I mean, talking about it so relevantly today on the you know anniversary of Title Nine, the 50th anniversary, I think you just look back on all the things that has happened and grown in sports and having women in sports now it's awesome to be a part of and I think there's still a long way to go in, in a lot of areas I think I mean right now I'm the only women's sports reporter in all of El Paso right. and from what I've been told there was only like three or four before me ever so that, yeah. that in itself is like it's cool for me but it's also kind of sad that no, that's sad. you know the only amount that we've had here in El Paso and I know other markets are different but uh, I think the more we can do like the more women we can have in sports I think the better just different perspectives um It's just, yeah, it's awesome.
0: Yeah, it shouldn't be a male-dominated field like it is, and I think Kaylee Heck was the last uh, female reporter I remember here in El Paso as far as covering sports. But it's been it's been a while, and I'm happy that you're in the mix as well. I think that's great. Um, I also want to shift it to this. What's your favorite sport? Uh, as, as like maybe to cover or maybe to watch. What's your favorite sport?
1: So if I'm watching sport, my favorite is rugby league, which is obviously Australian. Ah, but
0: okay, yeah, we got we got to this. So you're favorite. waking up at like two in the morning watching watching rugby.
1: I wake up pretty much every week to watch my team back home which is the Melbourne Storm um, sometimes I don't and I'm like damn I missed it but because uh, <laughs> I just I'll set the alarm and I'll wake up and i like oh I can't i got to go back to sleep but yeah I pretty much every week get up and watch that but um, here in the US I love, I love football um, especially college football, high school football, like going out for Friday night lights, it just awesome because that's like that's where it all starts these kids, and you see so many of them go on to then play college and, and NFL as well. It's just it's so cool to watch them grow.
0: I'm with you on that. As far as high school football, it's one of my favorite to cover here in this city, uh, Melbourne Storm. What's the drama? Give me the, like the storylines without knowing anything about the. Don't don't tell me scores. Don't tell me where they are. Give me the drama with their team because I, I'm curious about that.
1: The drama is that there is no drama. This is one of the best teams ever. They've been the most dominant team in Australian rugby league for like the last 10, 15 years. They've got a coach who's been there who's just Craig Bellamy, he's phenomenal. And we had uh, this thing called the Big Three. We had like three of the best players to ever play the oh
0: game. Oh my goodness! All were on the same this is like team LeBron, together. Dwayne yeah. Wade, and Chris Bra- yeah. Bosh, all on one team. So I
1: was a very lucky kid growing up with this. This team as my favorite team, and I promise you, I was a fan before they became really good as well. Oh, just, okay. It was my team.
0: So you're not a bandwagon fan. No,
1: I'm not a bandwagon fan. Okay. Um, but then those three big players have all left now. They all retired. They, you know, past their prime, and somehow we just keep recruiting these incredible guys. So I. It's a good time for me that we did lose uh, last year in the grand final, though, and that was pretty heartbreaking. The grand final is like the Super Bowl. So okay. Yeah, yeah.
0: Are you a fan of rugby? Jason, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, that's. I am trying problem, to watch Rachel,
2: and I try to watch lacrosse too, and I don't get that.
0: Okay, so. I, I can I can try to follow lacrosse because it's kind of like soccer. I kind of like equate rugby too to soccer, but I enjoy rugby. Whenever it's on, t- I love how I, it's kind of it reminds me of football because that's why I love football. It's so action packed. It's hard hitting. It's fun. It's uh, high intensity. That's why I like that kind of sport. I mean, uh, does everybody play rugby back? What, what's the percentage? Everybody plays soccer, a little bit of rugby. What, what's, what's I would the- say.
1: The everyone plays cricket that's for sure okay uh, and then i'd say the majority of people play rugby but we also have aussie rules football which is like afl which is the sport on the the oval which yes sure it, which interestingly started for cricketers in the off season it was like a sport they created to keep them fit and then it became like a massive sport so you either kind of play rugby or you play afl growing up and then sporadically some people play soccer too i would say not too many people play soccer
0: Okay, I got you. It was people
1: I grew up with. It was all rugby who I grew up with.
0: Okay, I understand. All right, let, let's uh, shift it over to this. Uh, when you're not watching sports like rugby, when you're not covering uh, sports here in El Paso, what are you doing for, for fun during your free time?
1: Uh, I love a good drink. Always, uh, always down to go out and, and have a good drink. Um, and especially here, so many fun kind of bars and outdoor places to go also love TV like absolutely addicted to so many TV shows
0: okay what are you watching right now
1: so this is gonna sound really lame love Island UK you ever watch that N-
0: uh, I'm I watched the first love Island oh okay. I was roped into it all right and I was a big fan angel angel are you a fan no love Island N- uh. <laughs> <laughs> giving a little uh. okay all right so I got the, you the new angel. season
1: just started in the UK and it's Hard not to hook into. It's just awesome.
0: It's a train wreck. Yeah. Rachel, it's a train wreck. You cannot stop watching. Yep. Okay, keep going.
1: So that's my. I watched like three episodes of that last night. I was like, I gotta go to sleep. I shouldn't be watching anymore. So
0: you like to go out. You like to watch some TV. Yeah.
1: Trying to think what other hobbies do I have? Wow. Um, Just hanging out with friends. I'm also on a uh, social kickball team.
3: Oh,
0: nice. Yeah, so
1: that's pretty fun. We're not very good, but we, we have a lot of fun out there. Where do you guys play? Play out at a Tobin's Nation. Okay. On Thursdays, okay. yeah, yeah. And uh, it's funny, you know, we we, we turn up. We're all, we're quite a young team this year, because all friends I have here, and we turn up. We're like, we look at the opposition, and most of the time they, you know, in their thirties to forties, and they have kids. We're like, we can take them. We're you know, we're in our twenties and we're young. We got this. <laughs> and then we just get wiped off the floor. We're like, oh man, we had no shot ever. They all bunt. Which I don't. What are your thoughts on oh. bunting in social kickball?
0: Oh, I'm a big thumbs down yeah. on bunting, and that means the pitcher's got to be your most athletic player, and yeah. that means or the
1: catcher as well. Like, because I true. played, I played catcher the other week, and I just I can't with a kick, with a baseball. I could, but with a kickball throwing to first from home, it, that's hard. With yeah, a, with a soft with a like a baseball or small tennis ball, easy. But kickball, it's like big. It's like a soccer ball to grip that and throw. I don't have the strength for that.
3: No way. That's
1: a tough throw. Bunting. So, yeah. And you, I mean, you can throw it at the person running, but then if you miss, then it's just it's gone. You're you're gone from there. They're they're getting
0: a triple off that. Yeah,
1: exactly. So you either got to really trust your aim, or you're just like, "Eh, you get into first, and we'll just uh, next next kicker up.
0: What do you think, Jason? Let's bring a let's get a couple ringers. I know a couple players who are joining the A and A all the way softball game tomorrow. I'm I'm down to get some
2: kickball in, dude. I don't (laughs) I haven't played kickball since I was a kid, and I'm like, dude. Whatever happened to that game? (laughs) And now I know that there's a platform for it. Oh,
1: yeah, that game is still well and truly going.
2: Oh, I'm going i'm ready for it
0: yeah I, I need to be a part of this competitive stuff too uh rachel let me ask you this uh as we as we wind things down today and thank you so much for all the great time that you spent with us here on this show uh out of the one and a half years you've been here in el paso what is what are some of the favorite your most favorite stories that you ever worked on for KVIA? it's tough because there's probably been a, a several that really stood out in your in your time but what have been so what have been some of your favorites
1: I think my, my favorite, and I, I honestly I think about how I'm ever going to beat it. I did a story on a uh, a blind inline hockey team, um, and they they're working to try and get the sport recognized at a higher level. But these these kids of all ages, I mean, the youngest is like they started off when she was I think like eight years old, and then she's been playing ever since, and they just play the sport completely blind, but they play it like any like anyone oh it's gosh. it's completely competitive and they're out there just giving it all on the line their body on the line and it's phenomenal to watch and i actually put on like they gave me goggles which were completely blacked out so i couldn't see a thing and what they do is they have the puck which makes one sound and they have each goal makes another sound so you're out there so as a blind person you should be able to hear and like know where to try and get the puck to i put these goggles on And I, like, for starters, I can't really skate. So I was a a little bit disadvantaged in that regard. But then I I was out there and I, like, just trying to, like, channel in and hear where the sounds are and actually then try and get the puck there. It was incredibly hard. Even just to try and get the stick to the puck was, like, trying to make contact was super hard. And then so to, to have that experience and then watch these people play, I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like, it truly was a really cool story. Um, and it ended up winning a couple of awards, too, which was nice to go off the bat of that. You can't complain about that. But it was probably one of the coolest stories i have done. And just to see how much the sports helps these people kind of come together and, and feel a part of a team. Because for so much of their life, they, they haven't felt a part of anything. Because they're different to everyone else. You know, whether that's right or wrong, they just have, haven't felt a part of a team. So really cool to kind of see that team experience and see them come together. It's, it's awesome. Wait, was that here in El Paso? Yeah, it is. Yeah, And, yeah. and
0: that was at the Coliseum, like the Rhinos?
1: No, so they play their inline hockey. So... They play actually at Nation's Tobin too in oh, in the Rex Center. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's Got where it. they train. And they, they're awesome. Yeah, the blind they're called the, the mooses, the blind hockey mooses.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's a that's an unbelievable thanks for sharing that yeah. here with us. That's a great, great story, story as well. Uh Rachel, you've been great here on the show with us. We can't thank you enough. Next time I promise we'll have this place stocked up with Diet Cokes. We'll be ready to go for next time. Uh, and then maybe maybe we'll we'll have to stay up late one night and watch a, a rugby game. What do you say, Jason? I'm down. Yeah, yeah. A rugby I mean, I watch stay. I,
2: I stay up and watch wrestling if it's on late from Japan so okay. it'd be no different
0: Alright, all F1, right. you can wake up early for 5 o'clock then you can wake up early for uh, some rugby. do
1: deal. yeah, when when they're in the, the Super Bowl of rugby, I'll give you guys a call and we can watch it together. Okay, I'm
0: in Let's uh, It's a rugby watch party, I'm, I'm in for that Rachel, thank you so much for all the time today
1: Thanks so much guys for having me, appreciate it.
0: Alright, Rachel Phillips over at KVIA, one of their newest sports reporters as we continue here on Sports Talk. Take a time out right now when we come back, more phone calls and tweets, but first let's get to our KVIA update Next, here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Thank you very much again to Rachel Phillips, who joined us from KBIA in our previous segment. Let's have some fun. We are continuing here on Sports Talk today. we got about an hour and 15 minutes before we get to Ask a Doctor with Dr. Sergio Alvarado. We're also going to talk to another physical therapist locally uh, who Dr. Alvarado deals with on a daily basis. Uh, He's a sports doctor uh, over with the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. And then they refer patients sometimes to physical therapists. So we're going to have a real interesting conversation coming up 6 o'clock. Ask a Doctor. If you have any questions for the Doc Jock, uh, send it our way, 600 ESPN El Paso, on Twitter. My apologies. Jesus Thebon. I saw your tweet late about your question of uh, uh, about Rachel. We'll ask her that off air, and uh, I'll get you an answer either way, so no worries whatsoever there. Uh, I also saw this tweet coming from Pinky earlier today in regards to the ANA All The Way charity softball game taking place tomorrow at Southwest University Park. He tweets us, Thursday, cutting the grass, listening on the app. I want tickets for the softball game. I'm about three minutes behind on the app. Give me time to respond for tickets Go Giants! Sigh, coming from Pinky on Twitter. Also, uh, want to mention this story. Gosh, this is the biggest story out of uh, today. Actually, before we do this, let's. How about this, Jason? Let's do another trivia. What do you say? I'm in. Okay, you're good for that. Let's do another trivia. Let's give away another pair of tickets for tomorrow's A and A All the Way charity softball game. Remember, tomorrow it will be taking place. Uh, gates will open at five thirty. How about this, Jason? You're gonna love this one, and I think you're gonna like this one too, Angel. Uh, although I'll, I'll be honest with you, Angel. Um, if, if we end up doing this I uh, I, I want you to uh, to definitely be involved in to, uh, helping the person tour the facility helping the person uh, be involved in what we're doing so uh, mm-hmm. bef- yeah, you know it sounds real cryptic but 600 ESPN El Paso is actually teaming up with the ANA All the way Foundation to actually uh, prepare something for, Get this, their, uh, their online silent auction that's oh, going on right nice. now. So we are a part of this, 600 ESPN El Paso. And get this, if you ever had the desire to be a guest host on Sports Talk, you can actually do this right now. You can go on the a a All The Way Foundation website, uh, dot org, and you can look at the silent auction, Guest host on 600 ESPN El Paso for a day. This opportunity will allow you to be a part of the live broadcast. Angel Munoz will be involved. He'll be giving you a tour of the facilities, uh, KLAQ, uh, KISS FM, and 600 ESPN El Paso. You will have an opportunity to talk on the radio with us, talk about the biggest sports stories that day. You'll get um, to interact with our listeners And you'll get a chance to bring a friend to listen so you can claim your chance today. Now, I'm a little confused on their website. I'm going to try to get in contact with somebody from the foundation. Um, The original bid on this one, the original bid was set at $25. On the website right now, it says $100 current bid. So somebody either has already currently bid on this deal that we have, But also there's a banner atop this list that says no bid. So I'm a little confused on whether there was a bid or if there's no bid right now. And it, Either way, I'm just curious as to who is going to be the guest host on 600 ESPN El Paso. This is the silent. Au- this is, is part of the silent auction that's going to be taking place out at the a All The Way Charity Softball game tomorrow. And uh, we're involved with this as well. Okay, let's give away tickets. Uh, this is an easy trivia question. First person to call in at 915-505-6009 and answer this question. You'll get two tickets to the a a All The Way Charity Softball game tomorrow at Southwest University Park. Again, starting at 5. What number does Alvin Jones Jr. currently wear in the CFL? What number on his jersey does Alvin Jones Jr. wear on his number uh, as part of the Canadian Football League? Our telephone number, 915-505-6009. That's 915-505-6009 to get in on the show. Also, if you want to get in, just talk some sports with us. Now's the time to do it. Jason, let's get into this. Let's talk about this debacle with Kevin Durant. Oh god. I know man, this is a crazy story. So Adrian Wojnarowski reported today uh the news that in this in this debacle Kyrie, if Kyrie Irving cannot reach an agreement to stay with Brooklyn, he has a list of teams that he would like to consider on a sign and trade. The teams include the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, the Heat, the Mavericks and the 76ers. You got six teams that Kyrie Irving said that he's willing to go to and be away from the Brooklyn Nets, none of those teams, none of those teams that he listed have salary cap space. None of those teams could acquire Kyrie Irving in the offseason if they wanted to. Yet, Kyrie Irving has this list of teams that he wants to go to, and uh, Jason, it's not a matter of wh- of of, of uh, how or why, but it's a matter of when Kyrie Irving will be dealt away from the Brooklyn Nets. Um.
2: I've had a list before, and I gave it to Santa, and I got nothing on that list. So I can totally understand what is happening here. Um, now, I do have a friend that lives in the L.A. area. He says he's, Kyrie's out there. He has a house, and he's been working out. So sources tell 600 ESPN El Paso. So six <laughs> there, the Lakers and or Clippers situation is a little bit more reasonable. Cause he's, he's always out there. He's out there a lot. Um But the cap, there's no cap. So I don't know. uh It looks like you're going to be hanging out in Brooklyn for a little bit. My guy.
0: Well, uh, you know, the interesting part about this is if he demands a trade, so right now, Kyrie can walk away and yeah. l- essentially leave the Nets with nothing. Nothing but Ben Simmons and a disgruntled Kevin Durant. Uh, Kyrie has said that he will he wants to work with Brooklyn on a sign-and-trade deal, so maybe Brooklyn ends up getting something back in return. It might not be nice, might not be good stuff, but it's at least something in return uh, for that. So you mentioned the Clippers, which is a team that I, I find very interesting. I'll get into the Lakers in a sec. Uh, let's, let's not, because I got I have a whole different
2: uh, scenario. But let's go with the Clippers.
0: Okay, Clippers first. They've got Paul George locked under contract at forty five million this year. Kawhi Leonard is also making forty five million this season. You have to trade away the likes of Marcus Morris, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, and possibly Luke Kennard in order to make these um in in order to make those uh numbers make sense angel that number is correct what you just told me is is correct yes so do we have a winner angel that we do okay who's the winner the winner is Jay Cervantes, All so right, congratulations hey. to Jay. All right, Jay, appreciate that. Appreciate your interest, and for everybody who's trying to get in on the a a All The Way charity softball game and for tickets, uh, we will give out more in hour number two. But going back to the story, Clippers team payroll, they would have to give up essentially all the role players in order to sign Kyrie Irving. So you'd have a trio of Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving. Those are three guys. Who do not? Those are three stars. You you have two, uh, one superstar in Kawhi Leonard. You have two stars in Paul George and Kyrie Irving. But those three, when they're all combined, they never play. They ne- those yeah. guys are always hurt left and right. So if I'm Steve Ballmer and I want st- to sell tickets for the Clippers and get everybody excited, yeah, I'm trying to make this move tomorrow. I, no doubt about it. But if I'm being practical and I'm looking at this from a, from a logistical standpoint. Paul George hasn't played over 54 games since he left OKC. There you go. That's one. Kawhi Leonard, he has missed the better half of the past 2 seasons and with the Clippers hasn't played over 57 games in a single season. There's 82 games in a in an NBA season, Jason. Did you know that? Yeah. And and what's going on here with the Clippers? How are they going to fit him on this roster? And even if they wanted it to happen, this sounds like a disaster waiting to happen.
2: Yeah, it's not a good it's not a good move. And it's LA. It's so many, so many distractions. It's just, and you know, he was already being distracted in New York, so it's going to be even worse, you know, in LA. Not saying they're bad distractions, but those distractions are there, you know. Oh I mean, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's just not a.
0: I don't think it's it's, not, happen.
2: it's, not, a, it's not a good fit. I don't know what I have no idea what's going to go. On. I don't have no idea what's going to happen.
0: I think that no. So then I look at the Lakers and I say, how is this happening on their end? Because oh. they don't have salary cap space. But the conversation ends here. Kyrie Irving left Cleveland way back when to get away from LeBron James, and he didn't want to be that second banana. He didn't want to be the second guy on a championship team. So he left LeBron James. There was something there. I know that they're friends behind closed doors, but are they going to coexist again? I I just don't see that as a likely scenario. Uh, The the trio of Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Kyrie Irving. I mean, we just talked about an aging trio in Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Kyrie Irving. That's the same thing on the other side. Although AD's young, but he doesn't play. Like, he, he's always hurt.
2: He's always hurt. Yeah. It's not a, nope, it's not a good fit.
0: I'm going to tell you my favorite fit. The Dallas Mavericks. That's mine. That is the perfect place for him to go. Perfect. Dallas has the, sa- the salary cap. They have uh, pieces to trade. I- I'll tell it to you right now. Dwight Powell and Jalen Brunson for Kyrie Irving. That-, that could be it. It's It's
2: probably a no-brainer. That's... They need – the, Dallas needed one more piece. They just needed one more, and Kyrie is that fitting piece. He doesn't need to play that many games. That's fine. They'll be – they'll be – the West would be insane if he goes to Dallas.
0: Hour number two right around the corner. We're going to continue this conversation, give away more tickets as Sports Talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All, All right, start of hour number two here on Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. Along with Jason Craig and Angel Munoz, I'm Adrian Broaddus. We're filling in for Steve Kaplowitz today. Our telephone number, 915-505-6009 as we continue here on Sports Talk. You can also check us out on 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter if you'd like to weigh in there or a free mobile app powered by United Bank. We're going to continue to give away more tickets to the a a All The Way charity softball game, which is taking place tomorrow. That's right. It'll be Aaron Jones versus Alvin Jones Jr. holding the inaugural a All The Way Foundation charity softball game. It's happening out at Southwest University Park. Gates open at 5.30. There's going to be a home run derby at 6.30 and then a softball game set for 7.30 after that. You know, when you look at the roster, Jason, it's it's real interesting because um, the a All The Way Foundation has some really good all-stars. So it's Vino All-Stars versus Team Showtime. Uh, Vino being Alvin Jones Jr., you got guys like Chris Carson. That's the starting running back for the Seattle Seahawks, right there. Uh, you got Nick Needham, one of the premier cornerbacks, uh, nickel cornerback for uh, the Miami Dolphins. John Skelton, former NFL pr- uh, player with the Arizona Cardinals, and now he's uh, he's out of the league, but he's going to join the team Vino and the All Star team. Also, you'll have guys like um, on the other side of things with sh- Team Showtime, Aaron Jones's team. Bryn Forbes, NBA player, he's going to be on that team. Eric Tomlinson, that's a a starting tight end out of the Baltimore Ravens. You got guys like Cinta de Oro out of uh, wrestling. Will Hernandez from the Arizona Cardinals. Jason, who am I leaving out on this mix? Who else is, is jumping out on the page for you?
2: You got Tuck from
0: Ozark. Tuck from Ozark. I can't believe he's from El Paso. That's crazy. The, we need to have him on tomorrow. That on is the show. so amazing. That, I'm, that's
2: what I'm excited for. Tuck from Ozark and, of course, Cinta de Oro. Cinta de Oro. You already know. You're a Crystal Poppin fan, right? Crystal Poppin's a homie. Like, that's oh, my friend-friend. Okay. Yeah. She's planning this. I know. I'm excited. I'm excited to see her tomorrow. I haven't seen her in a while. Uh, so that's going to be cool. Um, Spider-Man is going to be there. And Wolverine, <laughs> I would like to see that. That's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, and yeah, uh, you know, Dickie Williams, Quentin dimps Hey, shout out Quentin. You know, th- all the homies, man. So this is this is really cool to to see all these guys together, guys and gals, just together in a a, a foundation game, a rock and jock, an El Paso rock and jock type of situation. This is probably one of the coolest things I've got to be a part of. Uh in my time here in El Paso. So yeah. this, this is cool. I'm, I'm excited for tomorrow.
0: So the ANA All The Way it's a Charity, um, the ANA All The Way Foundation, uh, it's a nonprofit foundation. It aims to help uh, stu- uh, students educate inspire and promote unity and diversity across communities that have and impacting the lives of youth after the charity softball game on friday they will actually be hosting the uh this is going to be awesome the aaron jones actually excuse me the jones brothers youth skill camp this one taking place out of burgess high school and that starts at 10 o'clock goes all the way to four o'clock and it's for third graders all the way to seniors in high school this is a super cool thing that they do every single year a free football camp for all the youngsters out there, and uh, that's part of the a All the Way Foundation. We're going to continue to give away more tickets on the show as we continue, uh, but first I want to get into the biggest story of today, and it's crazy to think that on NBA Draft Day, on a day where Kevin Durant says that he's monitoring the Nets situation and he could be looking for a trade down the line amid the, the, you know, the concerns around Kyrie Irving in the front office. Those stories are still not the biggest stories of today. Biggest story today is Arch Manning, the number one recruit in the class of 2023, has committed to Texas. Arch Manning, for those of you who don't know, he's the son of Cooper Manning, so it continues the Manning lineage. Uh, he'll be the third generation of Manning to play at a Power 5 school, of course. Uh, Archie uh, starting things off, then it was Peyton and Eli. Cooper uh, suffered a, uh, I guess it was like kind of like a lo- life-altering injury and never could play on the field. So Arch's son is, uh, is continuing the generational lineage here. He is committed to Texas. This was his first... It- it- I mean, he did it in a very humble way. All he did was say, uh, committed to the University of Texas, hashtag hook him. Uh, And this is the biggest, maybe the biggest uh, college commitment news we've seen in years. I mean, maybe since Zion committed to Duke. That's how long it's been since we've had a prospect in any kind of sport of this caliber uh, elect to go to a single university. I posted on social media kind of a joke. Is Texas back? Because after all of these different uh, rumors or commits or, you know, things that happen with the University of Texas, people are so quick to say, Texas is back, or on the other side, they don't buy the stock with Texas. And it wasn't Tom Herman, wasn't Charlie Strong. Uh, it, it, it's taken Texas so long to get back to their quest of relevance. And last season, they finished up five and seven with Steve Sarkisian. He was the first year head coach. You had people chanting "fire Sarkisian" after that season. Again, five and seven. They lost at home last year against Kansas. Archie Man- uh, Arch Manning deciding to go with Texas along with their current quarterback in Quinn Ewers who left Ohio State to come to Texas. This is pointing um, you know, in the right direction for the Longhorns. However, my biggest question to the listeners out there, are you buying this for Texas? Are you excited if you follow college football for the Texas Longhorns getting Arch Manning? Or do you not buy this whatsoever? Jason, I kind of look at the Longhorns like this. Year after year, they're one of the best in coming up with recruiting classes. They, they get some of the best talent to come out of Texas to go over to play with the Longhorns. But out of the high school ranks, they try to get the best players in all throughout the Lone Star State. The Texas A&M Aggies have challenged the Longhorns over the past couple of years and actually have out-recruited Texas when you look at most uh, dra- you know prospect boards, things like that. Does this matter? Does, does Arch Manning committing to Texas matter? Uh, if you're a college football fan and you're looking at this Texas program thinking, can they finally turn, turn things around and, and find kind of like a quest to actual success? That's all depending on how the program's run, to be honest. It's not
2: just, you know, the players. Yeah, this is getting, of course, a lot of attention because it's Manning, But one guy can you know, one guy can't save a ship. You know, the ship's already failing and they if they weren't doing good last year, one guy's not going to do it. So they have to build around him um, or, you know, the, the whole program has to has to be on board and, and get it all together, uh, not just because you get one prospect that has uh, a A lineage in his name
0: yeah it's interesting because i I feel like um you know the naysayers out there right now might say oh he's just it's just the manning name and it's you know what what has he actually done on the football field which is all valid that's that's all true however you just watch him and you see what kind of a player he really is and you look at the measurables and you see the path that he's going on right now it's a it's a really good trajectory that Arch Manning is is uh, on right now, and uh, I think he's one of the uh, best prospects I've seen out of high school in a long time. He is he's a tall quarterback. He has the uh, dual threat abilities. He can um, you know he threw at here. I'm just going to give you his numbers out in New Orleans right now. He threw for over five thousand yards and seventy two touchdowns in his first three years of high school footballs. He has be, been considered a top prospect since middle school. He was always considered to be that top guy in the class of 2023. So Arch Manning chose Texas over the likes of Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Clemson, Virginia. He chose Texas over all of them. And he didn't go to Ole Miss. He didn't go to Tennessee like uh, you know, like Peyton and Eli and R- Archie Arch Manning wanted to do his own thing, and he chose the Longhorns instead of all those schools right there. Um, does this matter? Give us a call, 88, uh, Excuse me. our telephone number, 915-505-6009, as we continue here on Sports Talk. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, at 600 ESPN El Paso also on Twitter. Let's read a couple of tweets in regards to this topic. King Eric tweets the show, no, Texas is not back. They struggle with the Big 12 moving to the SEC, and that's going to be even worse, no matter how much money the boosters give the team. Uh, also, this coming from Pinky. Just because they signed certain football players does not guarantee success. Wait and see. Um, this is coming from Cesar Cubillos. Texas is way back. Oh, so he's, he's feeling good about this one. Mike Sauceto tweets the show. Texas getting five star kids every or excuse me Texas gets five star kids every year. They look great getting off the bus, but most of them never realize their potential. They need some three star kids who can play. They have enough seven on seven stars. Uh, that's coming from Mike Saucedo. Also coming in from Mitch, he says, LOL, no way is Texas back. Uh, Shannon Sharpie tweets the show, I hope Texas loses every game from now until the end of time. Ouch. Yeah, a lot of negativity for the Longhorns right now. But, you know, we have a lot of Longhorn fans who are listening uh, to, to the show and who love college football. And, um... I'd be so curious to hear what they have to say about this topic and how excited they are about Arch Manning committing to Texas today. Uh, Give us a call at our telephone number, 505-6009, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Also at 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter, where you could check in just like King Eric did, just like Duke Keith did, who he said, no, Texas is not back, and he sent us a gif of the Longhorns' horns being sawed off. Savage. Savage.
2: The the savagery that happens (laughs) on Twitter. That's why I love it there. You
0: know, I think when it comes to Texas, I I feel like people just want to say, uh, you know, it's one of those things where um, with with the University of Texas, every year they're so highly regarded. They're so highly regarded. And this is a team who um, year after year is projected to be in the top 25. Year after year they're projected to go to X bowl game. But then you you look beyond that. Uh, people think that this team can win the Big 12, and that should honestly be the expectation for a team like Texas who has uh, so much notoriety behind them. I-, I think this. I think college football has really uh, turned into one of those things where you have those Tier 1 schools. And when I talk about those Tier 1 schools, those are the schools right there who will do whatever it takes to spend a ton of money. Uh, In order to try to win Uh, for your tier one schools right now, you're talking about Alabama, you're talking about Georgia, you're talking about Ohio State, I would put USC in that conversation. If you want to put teams like Oklahoma in the conversation, I wouldn't disagree, although I think uh, Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC says a lot. Um, you look at teams like Florida. I think they're kind of Florida, USC. Uh, those are the kind of programs outside looking at, in on this conversation. Oregon spends a ton of money on their on their uh, college football program. You look at Notre Dame; they spend a ton of money on their program as well. And then I would even consider teams like Michigan in this conversation. So you you have those tier one teams right now right there as possible ones who could. Hey, you know, you, with those teams right there, they spend a ton ton of money on their programs and, and organizations. Texas... Trying to spend some money here, maybe. uh, Getting involved in the Arch Manning conversation. I mean, sure, NIL, um, the the details have not been released yet. But you know when it's all said and done, Arch Manning, he's going to get taken care of. Uh, You know, The the, uh, Texas Longhorns have been known to be tied with Quinn Ewers and an NIL deal with their current quarterback. So uh, now you're having a quarterback room that includes Quinn Ewers. They've got, uh, I think it's Hurd, who's also in the mix as a quarterback in Texas. And now you have Arch Manning coming as soon as next year. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Let's go to Gator Richard, who's joining us on the phone lines. What's up, Gator Richard? How are you?
4: Hey, I'm doing good, man. Uh, listen to your show. Um, I just wanted to uh, point out that uh, Major League Baseball had its uh, first player from the islands of Palau.
0: Oh, that's interesting. From uh, who's, this, who's the player?
4: His name is uh, Blythe Mandris, or not Mandris, Madris, no N in there. Okay, okay. Of course, you know I always uh, mess up names, but I didn't do that one on purpose.
0: Okay, 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 I got you.
4: Um, so uh, he went three for four in his first game. He's plays with the Pirates. He went three for four, one of them being a home run.
0: Wow, that's like that's awesome. I really like that. He played against the Cubs today. Uh I'm looking at this right now. He's he uh is out of Las Vegas, which is interesting. So I, did he go to school in Vegas maybe or or maybe he went to Yeah, his
4: his parents uh his mom I think was a probation officer um wor- working there in Vegas. Wow. You know, not not a whole lot of uh Government jobs here in uh, those tiny islands, of Micronesia. You know what I mean?
0: Of course, no, I understand. But, uh, hey, that's that's amazing, right there. Uh, as uh, he he had his first home run in his second game uh, that he ever played uh, in the Major League Baseball, uh, you know, era here with uh, the Pirates. That's awesome, there, Richard. I, I'm glad that you brought this up on the show. Uh, and hey, uh, this is a good one, right here.
4: There, there was another stat that kind of uh, got me thinking. You remember the other day there was a, uh, what they called the immaculate inning, where where it was like nine pitches, or not? You know, I'm sorry, three pitches per batter, and he threw a total of nine pitches for the inning.
0: Sure, struck, sure,
4: striking out the side, and then later in the same game, the. I guess the the reliever pitcher did the same thing to the same side, the same three, you know.
0: Oh, yeah, this was uh, Luis Garcia and Phil Maton, former Chihuahua. Uh, They did this earlier this week, an immaculate inning, nine pitches, three strikeouts, and, yeah, back-to-back times.
4: Okay, so do you know how many times that's happened? No. They they started keeping stats. How many times? 108, and these two guys did it in one game. 108 times. Wow.
0: Only 108 times in baseball history?
4: So if you're looking for a stat that's going to be, like, more rare than that, then you have to, like, you know, look at a natural cycle or a reverse cycle. I think those are, like, the only stats that, you know, will come, you know, close to beating that or, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, people heard of a natural cycle, you know, hitting for first, second, third, and then home run or reverse, you know, home run all the way back to one, in that order. So, immaculate inning, I, I mean, you you would think that that's been done before, but it's only been done 108 times since they started keeping that stat.
0: Man, that's, a, that's some good stuff right there, Richard. Hey, appreciate the phone call, man. Thanks for weighing in on the show and giving us some good stats today from baseball uh, as we continue here on Sports Talk. Before we get to our break, uh, we're, we're uh, well past our break, but we'll get to it in just a second. I do want to m- uh, mention one more bit of trivia that we could do for the a a All The Way charity softball game. So if you want two tickets – to the ANA All The Way Foundation charity softball game tomorrow, 6.30 is the uh, home run derby. 7.30 is the first pitch. You just have to answer this question. Our telephone number, 505-6009. What's Aaron Jones' middle name? 915 6009 to get into the show. The first person who gives us Aaron Jones' middle name will get a chance to go to the a All The Way charity softball game. We're going to take a timeout right now. Charlie One is back with another, another traffic update as Sports Talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk as we continue on a busy Thursday afternoon. Angel Munoz, Jason Craig, Adrian brought us here, taking you through a busy afternoon. Uh... We had a trivia question over the break, and we have a winner. Congrats to Doug for guessing correctly that LeRae is the middle name of Aaron Jones. Aaron Larray Jones, and uh, he will be winning two pay, uh, two tickets to the A&A All the Way charity softball game tomorrow night at Southwest University Park. Uh, we will send all our winners a text tomorrow morning on ways to pick it up. All you have to do is just come by our radio station, 41, uh, 4180 North Mesa, and uh uh, just come on in, tell them that you want tickets to the a All The Way charity softball game uh, tomorrow, and uh, we'll hook you up with those tickets. We'll have them printed out and ready uh, to go for you. So, Doug is our latest winner. We'll continue to have more trivia as the show rolls along. Um, and uh, the answer to our previous question about what number Alvin Jones Jr. wore, uh, wears right now in the Canadian Football League, it's number 49. So, very interesting right there, Alvin Jones jr he's getting a chance to uh, to start in the Canadian Football League and yeah he's rocking that f- number 49 so congrats to our winners so far as we continue uh, Jason I'm so excited for the ANA all the way charity softball game tomorrow uh, tomorrow evening and I'm really excited about our uh, silent auction item that we have right now to guest host on 600 ESPN El Paso and Sports Talk. We've got this going on right now. Uh, If you want to be a part of this, all you have to do is go to aaallthewayfoundation.org and look at the uh, silent auction that's going on right now. If you've ever wanted to be a guest on the Sports Talk show here, this is the chance to do it right here. Uh, just bid on this. you get a chance to guest host on the show today. We could have a lot of fun with this, Jason. I mean, if you really think about it, you we could have one of our favorite troll listeners, like Augustine, who you haven't even heard on this show yet. Um, we could have somebody like that who bids on this. Maybe they only bid like 30 bucks or something like that, and they end up being the host of Sports Talk for a day.
2: Let's get the bids up. Yeah. Let's get the bids up because <laughs> – someone's going to win this and it's an easy tank of gas that they're willing to risk just to be right here in the studio with you and steve and oh man i don't even i'm gonna be over there on the production side
3: i'm protected (laughs) by the glass honestly it seems seems kind of fun yeah It'd it'd be it'd be pretty funny if one of the troll listeners gets gets i don't encourage it just just saying but, <laughs> but I'm saying if it does happen it would be pretty funny. So
2: if I'm on if I'm on aa all the way uh, dot .org where do I go to bid? Cuz I'm going to start outbidding people now.
0: Oh, I like this. I like where you're going with this on I this, like Jason. The spice. I'm going to I'm going to direct uh, send I'm going to send this directly to you uh, because I, my web my um, Page does not let me send this or does not let me go off to this website for some weird reason. So I'm going to send this uh, link directly to you. And what I'm going to go ahead and do is I'm going to just tweet out the link so everybody out there can just go directly to our Sports Talk bidding link uh, and you can see how you can give back to the ANA All The Way Foundation. By the way, 501C uh, Nonprofit Foundation, so this is tax deductible um, and you can definitely... Uh, bid on this guest host on 600 ESPN El Paso. And this is all going to the, uh, ANA all the way foundation. We don't take any of this. This is all to them. This is our donation to them. And, uh, you could donate and be a part of sports talk by being a guest host, uh, by just going up to this website and checking it out. I'll make sure to tweet this during the break. So everybody can get, uh, have a chance to get a, uh, be a part of this. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to this as we continue here on sports talk. Uh, Tim Haggerty will join us live from Sacramento, Coming up about an hour and 15 minutes from now. And then also want to make sure to let everybody know we're about 30 minutes away from the NBA draft. Teams are getting ready to finalize their boards tonight, uh, and it seems like it's it's going to go chalk, at least for the first five picks. Auburn's Jabari Smith will probably go to the Magic at number one. Chet Holmgren to the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. He was the Gonzaga standout this past year, uh, OKC picking at number two. Then the Rockets at number three. They're expected to take Duke's Paulo Bancaro. I wrote something on our website today, just uh, the NBA mock draft, talking some storylines and projecting the first round. I think the one, two, three will shake up like we expect. Number four is where we think that the uh, draft really starts. But I think Jaden Ivey out of Purdue will go indeed to the Sacramento Kings unless the the Kings get an offer they can't refuse uh, and then end up trading back at that spot. At number five, I'm still looking at Keegan Murray for the Detroit Pistons. So I think you might see the draft go very chalk to start things off. And I think that would that will be pretty interesting to kind of watch the NBA draft tonight. I think there, there will be a ton of trades tonight. Um, as far as the actual production from these three, I don't know. This is going to be a draft that three years, four years, five years from now, we constantly reference back to and we constantly say who got it right. Um, I look at Jabari Smith. That's the that's that kind of proven scorer, uh, and somebody who is six foot ten can defend at a very high level, and he is somebody who I think can shoot lights out from three point range. So at worst, when you get Jabari Smith, you're getting somebody who's probably going to average forty percent shooting from beyond the arc in the NBA. Now Holmgren's interesting because. We saw him in the NCAA tournament go far with Gonzaga, and when the lights got bright, I thought he kind of folded. I'm not going to lie to you. I I just was disappointed with uh, Chet Holmgren um, and what he did in the NCAA tournament. But I think there are different games. I think it's so easy to just kind of look at the recency, um, uh, the recent finish for Gonzaga, and maybe knock him for something like that. But if you look at the full body of work and what he did in the regular season – his talents are obviously there. It's just a guy who's seven foot, who only weighs 195 pounds. I, I get a little worried with that kind of body frame. And then the last guy in Bancaro, he's my favorite guy. I, I'm not gonna lie. He's he's the guy who I'm looking back three, five years from now, and I'm gonna I'm going to mark uh, I'm gonna mark this one as somebody who I'm really high on because Bancaro was the best player on a really good Duke team. He's a winner and I thought that he I think that he has an ability to lead an offense in the NBA and be a, a, a really really good player. So, the top 3 is going to be really exciting. This reminds me of the top 3 that we saw in 2017. I'll get your reaction to this, Jason, because in 2017, you had everybody. I mean, everybody across the NBA. Dead set on this guard from Washington. And Philly ended up taking him at number one, Markel Fultz. And number two, you had the Lakers swearing by Lonzo Ball. They would not deviate from Lonzo Ball. And they took the UCLA standout in the second overall pick. Jason Tatum ends up at Boston at pick number three. That's what ends up happening. That's how things shake out. And Jason Tatum out of Duke at the time, he was not n- uh, necessarily supposed to be that guy that everybody was real high on. He was he was kind of that sneaky guy who people even had some questions about. I don't know, Jason, what what do you now looking back at that 2017 draft? What do you think about that kind of looking at it now? Oh,
2: man. <laughs> That's uh yeah, like if you look at it now, right? I mean, Jaden Taylor made it to the finals. Um Everybody else? What? Who? Yeah, who? Lonzo Ball. Right, who? On
0: his you know? uh third team
2: right but, now? But uh I have to say, I mean, Lonzo Ball he, he did okay with Chicago last he year. Can play. yeah, he played, he did good. he did all
0: right. Marco at least Markel Foltz, he's not like Markel Fultz who can't even stay on the court. I By, mean, he's with the magic right now. Yeah,
2: that that is yeah, I don't. no, we're not even talking about that. But uh i want with you with Benchero, like he's he looks like he's gonna it looks like Houston's got the one. Houston might be the one. Uh, that is going to have somebody that stands out more than uh,
0: the other two, than
2: Chet, and and more than Jabari Smith for sure. Um, I could see
0: that. I could see that being the case. I'm going to go one more year, 2018 draft, and this is just weird how the third pick sometimes always ends up being that home run pick. 2018 number one pick DeAndre Ayton goes to Phoenix from Arizona. Everybody who thought that was just uh, like the solidified deal. No no questions about it. DeAndre Ayton to Arizona. Number two. This is a dud. Out of Duke, Marvin Bagley III to Sacramento. <laughs> a dud. <laughs> Guess who comes at number three? The Dallas Mavericks trading for Luka Doncic. Wow. 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 Number three. Number three ends up being the guy. as number three. Okay, so in 2019, so number thir- three picks don't always hold true because in 2019, and this is so recent that I don't even want to talk about this one yet, Zion goes to the Pelicans number one. That right. It was like the Zion sweepstakes. Whoever won the lottery was getting Zion no matter what. It wasn't going to be John Morant. But he was the second overall pick to Memphis. And then the third overall pick was R.J. Barrett to the Knicks. I kind of like all three of those. Yeah, that's, that's they all they all made a name for themselves. I'm not mad at that. That was a good top three right there. Yeah, that's kind of one of those situations where all three are kind of winners in that sense. Um, one more year, we'll go to the 2020 NBA draft uh, again. Very early on this one. I went to 2016, but let's do
2: this 2020 because 20. Okay, I'll go. I'll fun.
0: go to 2016 after this one. Anthony Edwards, number one to Minnesota. That could be a home run selection when it's all said and done. Uh, Golden State, they get James Wiseman at number two. We don't know. We just don't know. We haven't seen him. Um, yeah. we, we just haven't. LaMelo Ball then gets taken by the Charlotte Hornets. I kind of like all those three, too. But that was a good three. Yeah, but, again, it's it's a, a, another one where it's maybe a little too early. Okay, I love this one, the 2016 draft. I remember watching this one and reacting in real time. Philly takes Ben Simmons first overall out of LSU. The Lakers then get Brandon Ingram second out of Duke and then um, out of Cal this was a surprising pick at the time. Jalen Brown goes to the Celtics, uh, the third overall pick. That one hits out of those three. But are you really knocking any of those three? I think no, like, I'm not. That's
2: yeah. what I'm saying, like that's a that, solid draft. I looked at that one. I'm like, oh, 2016 was a was a
0: was a year too. That was a good draft. Yeah, I really like that one. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, those are some good ones. It's kind of fun to always reflect back on some previous drafts. Tonight, the 2022 NBA draft, we'll see how it all shakes up. Again, the top three prospects, Jabari Smith out of Auburn, Chet Holmgren out of Gonzaga, and then the third one, Paulo Bancaro out of Duke. Uh, We'll see what ends up happening. Draft gets started at 6 o'clock, and we will keep you updated as to who gets selected in what spot. Sports Talk continues. We are going to take a timeout right now. When we come back, more trivia. For the A all the way charity softball game, as sports talk continues here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Only one thing, we got Sal Montes in our Lubingo Studios, the creator of the "We the Miners" track on 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm sorry, Sal. I gave you the wrong. I gave you the wrong ones. I'm sorry about this. Look at me! I'm I'm already I'm giving you the wrong uh, headsets. There we go. It's a mess. It's a mess over here. I'm sorry, Sal. What's
3: going on? Not much. Uh, doing good. If I could brag a little bit, really quickly, I just yes. paid off my car today. Hey! Wow. So so if you see somebody in a in a 2015 Corolla with a hubcap missing. You know it's me. Dang. Save, 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 That's baby. That's right. Congrats. And thank you. And I didn't, I didn't replace the hubcap because it's just cosmetic, but it's paid off, so I don't care. That's Dude. right. Flex <laughs> on them.
0: Flex on them. Sal, congratulations. Thank you. Thank Fresh you. Fresh off paying off your car. Fresh off uh, of a uh, Chihuahua's broadcast last night. That's Getting right. Getting ready for another one tonight. That's uh, we got some King's barbecue in the house, so you That's all right. will be able to Ooh. feast right now. While we got the doctors in the Lübingo Studios here coming up next, Dr. Sergio Alvarado of the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine, he'll join us next after this one. Uh, but Sal, we had some big news out of the NBA today. Whether it mm-hmm. was the news around Kyrie Irving, the news around Kevin Durant. This whole thing is not going to end uh, nicely, is it? I mean, with uh, Brooklyn's, I guess, kind of standoff with both their stars in KD and Kyrie, seems like something's got to give here.
3: Yeah, and, and they might have to do it quicker than later, especially if they want to move through the draft and get the guy that they want through the draft i mean maybe they have some power to to you know if a player gets drafted to a certain team they might be able to get them over there but at the end of the day uh right now the story is the nba draft and teams are trying to move their team around today's draft as opposed to players being drafted um and getting them after the fact so with with kevin durant and kyrie irving that situation in brooklyn the the time you know the time clock is uh, is winding down
0: it's sad because uh don't you remember that uh, we talked about this the other day but that young nucleus that mm-hmm. the the Brooklyn Nets had with all their younger stars and they they pretty much jeopardized all that. They said, "Oh, forget that. Forget all the the culture that we built and everything. Let's just sell out on getting KD and Kyrie." Well, this is the this is what you live with when you do that kind of stuff, right, Jason? Because if you if you kind of put everything, all your stock into one star, superstar in Kevin Durant and you let him, you give him the keys to everything, if he doesn't, you know, like what you're doing, he's out. Well, it's the same. If you look at it that way, where you know you put all your eggs in one
2: basket, or you know you're focused on the one player and he's making all the decisions, it's the same thing. Uh, you could say that the Lakers are doing, you true. know, with, with with LeBron. Like you know, LeBron. Very true. LeBron's voice is is gold over there, right? So that that's the same issue over there. Um, this, this this Brooklyn thing is. Uh, stressing me out. It's stressing me out cuz we don't we don't know where he's going to go, if he's going to stay, should he stay, should he go? Uh, just don't go to LA. That's all I got to say. Just don't go there. To the Lakers. You can go to the Clippers, mess that up. Don't we don't need it
3: and you know what too because uh, I know you said that they put all their eggs in one b- in one basket which they did um, and even though it, it hasn't worked out I still give them credit for trying to be atop the NBA and, and assembling the team because it's not always going to work out very rarely does it work out it worked out uh, no pun intended we were just talking about the Lakers but when they were able to get AD over there True. for the bubble year speaking of LA worked out with the Rams there when you they go. went out they put everything out there to get Thank Matthew you. Stafford so it oh, does God. happen you know what I mean from time to time but um, it just didn't happen with the Brooklyn Nets.
0: Um, Sal, out of the teams that um, Kyrie Irving is interested going, I sided with the Mavs as being the team that I think would be the best landing spot. There's the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, the Heat, the 76ers, and the Dallas Mavericks. Of those teams right there, which ones do you like? We, we didn't really touch on the Knicks, Heat, 76ers, but uh, is there a team out
3: of that mix that you like for a Kyrie landing spot? Fuck. Uh... It's I, tough, right? It, it's tough. I'd say it, out of all the teams, really, maybe the Sixers, but it's like you could have just dealt him over there for Ben Simmons, right? Oh, my. James Harden for Kyrie uh, Irving. Why not? I mean, have the reunion. No. But <laughs> but either way, it's really not a good fit on any of those teams. I mean, the one that sounds nice, but there's only one basketball it's the Dallas Mavericks, too. True. You know what I, I, I mean? I hear what you're saying that, about that, the
0: ISO-heavy yeah, offense they have. And, and,
3: and that's Luca's team through and through. I don't care if you're Kyrie Irving or, with all due respect, even Kevin Durant. You go to the Mavericks, that's Luca's team. You that's know, right. You know what I mean? And it as, is. as great a player as he is, there's only one guy, and he just came off a championship, and that's Stephen Curry. Wherever he goes, he's going to be that man on that team. Every single team you look, out, look at throughout the league, but... With um, with the Mavericks, it, it might be the best, but it's I still wouldn't see it working out.
2: Well, Ky- I I feel like with Kyrie being, uh, you know, he, he's a supporting player, even though he is the star, or you know what I mean, like he's a, you know, every the lights on him right now, and everything's it's everything he's doing, people are watching and and stuff like that. He on the court, technically, he would have to be a supporting person especially for Dallas. Absolutely. Like you said, these mm-hmm. you know Luca is is head honcho over there, but uh he has to be a support. He has to sit there and, and be the supporting player.
0: Wow. I think Why wouldn't Miami work? Because with Miami, they could send off Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, get KD at least a little excited about some uh, players that they can get in return, and then for Miami, they get to pair Kyrie with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, uh, and and that nucleus they have out there in Miami. Remember, no P.J. Tucker. He opted out of his contract. Victor Oladipo is is a, a free agent, so they need some depth in their backcourt. Maybe they look that route, ship away Kyle Lowry, and then go with Backcourt that is really around Kyrie Irving. Could you see that sell with the the Miami Heat to try to make a uh, a next jump in their kind of production?
3: I mean, they they got to make a move for sure. And if if they do this, we know that um they're moving on from Kyle Lowry, which I think ideally it was a fit just in terms of style of play. But when you try to pair Kyrie Irving with Miami, those those styles are just way way different. I mean, Miami's True. diving on the floor every single possession and, and, you know, just being as gritty and aggressive as yeah, possible they're grimy. And, and Kyrie's more finesse. And that's not to say it wouldn't work out. I mean, I mean, it definitely could, but um, now that I think about it, why not? I mean, you have a guy like Jimmy Butler backing up Kyrie Irving when somebody tries to get in his face, it, it might work. It might work. You know, um, I'm going to just throw something else
0: at you guys. Where does Kevin Durant go? This is the toughest. The star, the superstar of Kevin Durant, who, when it's all said and done, is probably going to be considered a top twenty player in NBA history. Kevin Durant is constantly seeking this uh, basketball happiness that he didn't achieve in OKC, he didn't achieve in, in Golden State, he hasn't achieved it so far with Brooklyn. Is there a, is there a good fit for him anywhere? Durant, I got more. I got
2: more personal things. I don't like him. I, I don't like Kevin Durant. Okay. But he he's trying to prove something. And I'm not really sure what it is he's trying to prove because you really don't have to prove anything you've got in the ring. I'm with you. You know what I'm saying? You're good. But you're trying to prove something that essentially you're not, you're not going to be able to prove it, whatever it is, and, and I don't know what that is. So, you know, at OKC, didn't get it done. Went to Golden State, got it done. But you had Steph there. You had Clay there. You had Draymond there. You had a squad that was there before you got there. So you jumped on, got a ring, and then you tried, you think that you're going to be able to go to Brooklyn and do the same thing, but that's a whole. Br- they got rid of all the people they could have kept and brought you in to build this new thing, but you didn't even do that in OKC. So mm-hmm. what is. There is no difference there. You have. He has to go somewhere where um, where there's already something building there, I, I believe, and, and not him being the, the, the bottom line of the build. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, and, and the same thing with like, – I've been hearing it all week. Could Steph do it without, without Durant? And he did. Yeah. Three times he's done it. Durant has not done it without Steph. Good point, good point right there. Can, and people keep saying, well, Kevin Durant this, and like, he, he, proven, it's been proven three times,
0: with, and he's only done it once. Sal, where do you think he can go? Can he win alone?
3: Uh, no. He can't. Uh, and there's not many players who can, okay. if, if we're being honest. I'm yeah, that's you. hard. And,
2: and, and I'm not saying Steph did it alone either, because right. there's a whole team yeah. around it, but
3: yeah, it's, it's very, very tough. There's only one guy. His name's Richie James on the Xbox. But, <laughs> no, aside from <laughs> that, um, well, what I was thinking about is just with teams and how they're structured right now, it's really not that far-fetched to say teams could blow up their team to get Kevin Durant. Yes. Um, and, and I don't know if they have the cap space to do this, but it just popped in my mind. Would maybe the, uh, the Phoenix Suns, be a destination if they can make some an trades interesting one. and get kd over there would they be willing to move i think they'd be willing to move on from ayton to free up that that cap space because i think it's a free agent anyway so you wouldn't be on the books for the following year and um maybe a, a booker kd and chris paul team with whoever else you want to throw in on there they'd be doing the same thing that a lot of other teams are doing but i mean you'd be superstar heavy on that on that squad
0: I was That was the team I kind of thought about in my head, too. Uh, you're right. Like, the salary cap things are just all up in the air. But what, you, what you're saying, Sal, is if, if it's a team like uh, – or if it's a player like Kevin Durant, you blow up your team for him. You know, you, you, it's, you kind of yeah. get ready for something like that. So I look at that. I, I definitely see the Phoenix Suns as a possibility. What
3: if he goes home? No way? D.C.? D.C.? Maybe. I mean, that's – he's from oh. that area. But also, too, if we're going to play the, the – the heartstrings role, maybe even Toronto, because he always said he wanted to play for Toronto when, when he was a Ooh. younger player. I think, like, in high school or college, he's like, Toronto, that was one of my favorite teams because they were new. And he kind of got that feeling in OKC because it was a brand-new squad in the NBA. Um, but I don't know. I don't Do not think- Do we say OKC? Uh, no. No. No way. No. no.
0: Absolutely. With I All don't, I don't even think he should go to the West, honestly. All the picks that OKC has, has acquired – all the th- shade Gilgis Alexander a trade around him, and then th- he's got you know the young Alexei Pokochevsky. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a uh, Chet Holmgren on his team. No, the- there's
3: um, oh who was who it? Josh Giddey. That's yeah, enough. he's got he Josh Giddy, There the- you go. Lou Dort, the Dortcher Chambers. There you go. I like this. He's <laughs> already got- he's got a team ready. Well, who- they got to sign again. Also, too. How about this? I, I know I'm kind of teetering off, but. What about Lou Dort over to Toronto since they're getting rid of O.G.?
0: Oh, interesting. I like this one right there. I like that move
3: if that know, was if I'm, that was to be the case. I'm saying all this Hey, this is at it. but but look, this is all the rumor,
0: this is all the rumors that make the off-season fun for the NBA. That's why the NBA has become a 365 kind of uh, sport where you watch it all the time to- or you watch and follow all the drama that happens on a daily basis, right? Jason, like you you always are constantly checking into Woj bombs to see if uh something happened with uh, with the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. There's always
2: some type of uh some type of inner drama going on in the NBA, uh all year all year long. With when it's in season, out of season, out of season gets a little wild. Uh you start hearing about, you know, this person doesn't like this person in the locker room. You got a trade and, you know, somebody's spicy in the um in management and you know, it, it gets it gets messy. It gets messy. Then it cleans up and things the stars end up aligning and then, you know, um the season starts and then we're off we're, we're ready to get to the finals. <laughs>
0: I know. I'm totally like with that. you. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Oh,
2: until All-Star, All-Star Weekend. Then it gets
0: crazy. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> hey, uh, we've got one <laughs> trivia question before we get to our break for the A All the Way charity softball game. This is taking place tomorrow at Southwest University Park. If you want to win tickets, all you have to do is answer this question correctly and give us a call at 915-505-6009, and you can win these tickets to the A All the Way charity softball game tomorrow. This is an easy one. This is a softball question right here easy easy stuff in college Aaron Jones and Alvin Jones played against which Super Bowl winning quarterback uh on the opposite side this is easy 915-505-6009 tell us which quarterback uh that that uh Aaron and Alvin Jones played against when they were here at UTEP taking a timeout right now when we come back ask a doctor with Dr. Sergio Alvarado the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine as sports talk continues
1: Town Square Media Station. You're listening
4: to Ask a Doctor on 600 ESPN El Paso with Dr. Sergio Alvarado of the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. Call in or tweet us with your questions for the Jock Talk. Here's your host, Steve Kaplowitz.
0: Adrian Broad is taking over today as we get ready for hour number three, and that, uh, that music, you know what that means. That means we're back with Ask a Doctor with Dr. Sergio Alvarado, of the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. been a while since we've had him back in our Lubingo Studios. Uh, Desert Institute of Sports Medicine now holding sports med- uh, physicals right now at their location, 2267 Lee Trevino out on El Paso's east side. Doc, what's going on? Thanks for joining us today.
5: Thank you, Adrian. Well, it's, it's been a busy summer.
0: It's been a very busy summer for you, I know. And, uh, and Doc, uh, you brought a guest with us today, which I'm so excited about.
5: Yeah, Mark, uh, well, I'm going to let him introduce himself. I'll introduce yeah, him, yeah, I'll introduce ahead. him, but I'm happy that you brought a guest friend with you today on the show. Yeah, he's he's a really good guy, and, and uh, he's doing a lot of, of work, good work for a lot of my patients, so...
0: Great. Well, so we've got the Doc Jock with us, the sports doctor and Dr. Sergio Alvarado. And then joining us as well is Marcos Parga, who is a physical therapist here in the city of El Paso. Thanks so much for joining us, Marcos. How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having me here. Well, it's it's great to have you here. And uh, it's kind of great to hear kind of the insight that both of you all too, and and how you all work together. So I I think that's how we can start today's uh, segment, because sometimes I feel that people often lump what a sports doctor does and also what a physical therapist does can you guys talk about how you all work hand in hand um and, and kind of explain the process to everybody for those who don't know and we'll start with you doc uh dr sergio alvarado sure. and uh we'll we'll, uh, we'll get this going on your side
5: yeah so so one of the first things uh when you know somebody let's say somebody gets an injury they're going to come out to meet to to see me and then i'm going to diagnose them and say hey you know you have x or y and then uh from there usually I'll say hey you know what you, you're probably going to need some therapy and then I send them to Marco and then Marco can take it from here and t- tell, say what he does from there.
6: So from that point then I kind of see how exactly are they moving in the sense of okay I have the medical diagnosis now I got to see what the movement diagnosis is. Where are the impairments? What can't they do? What can they do? And then I take it from there at that point of course communicating with the doctor making sure there's um, nothing that I might have missed and having that open communication saying, hey, um, this is what I saw. What do you think? Do you think I'm where I need to be? Or what else did you see that I might have missed?
0: That makes a lot of sense. And I think that's why you all can work so closely together when it comes to just what you do. Now, now let's talk a little bit about what you all specialize in. For those who haven't maybe listened to us here on the show and we've had you on before, Doc, tell us a little bit about what you specialize in at the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine.
5: So I do sports medicine and, and high-risk osteoporosis. Uh sports medicine you know that a lot of people get confused and think it's just athletes i see but i also see any any arthritis so aches pains joints uh fractures um pretty much anything to do with with uh, muscle pain or or achy bones like i i get to see um i see a lot of athletes as well though too you know from the young ones to the older ones that the weekend warriors that that uh have injuries as well you know
0: are you calling me a weekend warrior if I go play pickup hoops on, on the weekend? Is that is that what I am?
5: No, I think you're still you're still young enough to, to be an athlete. <laughs> no,
0: I'm definitely not an athlete, dog. I can tell you that for sure. Hey, real quick, um before I before I move on and ask a little bit more from Marco about this, um, with what you specialize in specifically, I've never asked you this before, but why did you get into
5: sports medicine? Well, you know, I, I think one of the parts is one of the reasons is I, I got to learn a lot from my own injuries. Uh, I, I played a lot of different sports. One of my favorites is soccer. Um, but I did a, a lot of different other sports, swimming, tennis, track. And, and uh, through all my injuries, you know, it was something that that uh, that interested me, too, because it was like, hey, you know what? I got injured now. How can how can I get better and, and uh, come back quick, you know?
0: Yeah, most definitely. Okay, so let's switch it over to Marco. Uh, you're on your end. What do you specialize in? Tell us a little bit about the the office that you're at right now and uh, what you all
6: do. Okay, well, the office I'm at is called Manual Physical Therapy Specialist. It's located on the east side, off of Littorino and Pelicano. Um What I do there is, um, like he said, I do geriatrics to the younger athletes, um, all orthopedic type injuries and chronic pain type um, type of um, illnesses and so on. So the way I got into it was I actually started as a massage therapist, did that. And then I got my of science in sports medicine and athletic training from New Mexico State, um, and then went to PT school. And now I'm a physical therapist. And so I've seen every aspect of the avenue as far as with athletes on the field, off the field, things like that.
0: So when you were, in massage, when you were doing massage uh,
6: therapy, what made you kind of think, I-, I want to get into the physical therapy world? Um, knowledge right they take you to a certain point and you kind of think you understand things and there's always something new and something more so that's when I went through the athletic training route where you know you kind of was a bachelor's program and uh, you know you get to treat the athletes and it's more of a specialty type and then from that point then I wanted to treat the general population and that's what got me into the physical therapy are you a big sports fan too I was, I am, but we're running our own practice and stuff, keeping up with sports is a bit difficult, right? Cause, I, I can't imagine. Yeah, trying to figure out the marketing and everything else, and then also treating and, and trying to keep up with all the documentation that insurance requires us, that makes it a bit difficult to try to, you know, I, we don't get out till usually about 730 eight o'clock and we're there at eight and it's an ongoing thing yeah you guys work long hours
0: it's hard to ask you guys hey what do you think about paulo bankera possibly being the number one overall pick to the orlando magic
5: yeah you know i was hearing your your segment right now I, I think it's 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 a good deal yeah and and uh, you're <laughs> you're right i mean i don't know like like let, let's see if, if 2022 is a, is another year where number three is is the 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 magic number you know
0: yeah, let's see if that ends up happening uh, for the magic. Let's see what ends up happening. Um, l- let's go through the process again and l- let's explain a little bit more in depth, Doc. Because a patient sees you first. What kind of what what are the different roadmaps that they can end up going? Whether they go to Marco or they go the other route, which is maybe not as serious or maybe extremely serious. Give us the kind of roadmap as far as when you evaluate a person.
5: Right. So you know, Marco was, was brought up a good point. A lot of times, like it's it's a uh just the the, the dynamics of, of how they're they're practicing the sport that they're doing something they're either they're either doing it too they're doing it wrong or they're doing it too much and you know um we see a lot of overuse injuries so sometimes it it's uh it's not it's not going to be enough and and I also kind of gauge it on on the athlete themselves you know I I kind of see like hey is this guy going to if I give him some exercises is he going to do them at home but i tell him, look you know what me giving you the exercises does not that's not even get close to what what marco does because in the end, me giving them the exercises is static. They'll never, they'll never change the exercises. I'm not there to see if they're doing them correctly, and all this, you know, Marco gets to do. And so he's seen the the athlete. He's seen how how they're progressing. He's pushing them, and they they walk a, a you know a fine line. Like they got to push them, but not push them too much, you know, so, so they can come back. And I see the big difference. I tell him, look, I can give you injection. You know, we can do, you know, some oral meds, but at the end of the day, the therapist is with this is just for you to get, you know, to the therapist because they're, they're the ones that are they are going to really get you over the hump. And, and I've seen it. And, and we're lucky we have good therapists like Marco here in El Paso.
0: Do you can you give us a good example of how you guys have worked together with an a, with a particular athlete? Sure.
5: I, I, I was just thinking of this wrestler. I don't know if Marco remembers him, but um, he he actually, you know, uh, had an MCL sprain. Uh, grade one, and, and uh, he, it would happen during during practice. You know, uh, he was practicing with one of his teammates, and they in the mat, um, his leg got pulled back, got twisted in a, a weird angle. Um, bottom line is, he, he gets an MCL sprain. I send him to Marco, and um, he's pretty close to to uh, district the district uh, uh, tournament, and so um, Marco's works works with him. And he gets him back and, and we get him back. And I, wow. And so the thing is, what, what I like working with Marco is, like Marco said, you know, like at the end of the day, uh, I can call him, he can call me and he can say, hey, you know what, this guy's doing good. Um, we're going to keep going. Or this guy's not doing good. And maybe, you know what, maybe you do, maybe you should give him an injection just to kind of help him with the pain so we can push him a little bit more. Marco, do you remember that?
6: Yes, I do remember actually that one, um, and there's been some other ones. Um, yeah, and it's just trying to see, okay, how can I help him to the fullest of his ability and kind of keep track of him, and need to know when to progress them, when to uh, sometimes say offload them, say whatever, like with MCL, can they take load in the knee, can't they not? And if I'm not getting the results I want to in a certain time frame, of course, I'm going to refer him back and say, hey, you know, I need help. Can you inject them just to take off that, that inflammatory response away from him then so we can start loading them a little more aggressively without him feeling pain because pain alters motion. So if he's painful, you know, I got to make sure I don't create more pain while i'm rehabbing him because then that's just shuts down his his leg or his his knee in this case and then he can't support himself or shoot or do a double or a single or whatever he want to do as a wrestler
0: no it makes so much uh, so much sense uh l- i'll give you guys a, a like kind of like a an example and you tell me what you maybe do in this process but let's say somebody is uh is playing whatever sport and they get injured maybe you think it's it's uh it's to the point where they need physical therapy, but they also want to be rushed back. They want to play in a, spe- a specific game. That's maybe a month out or something like that. How do you, how do you go about something like this? Which which would be a little bit more intensive, I would say.
5: Right. Well, I mean, and I'm, I'm, you know, I, I kind of tell them like, Hey, this is where we are. And this is probably where you'll be. Um, it, unfortunately, you know, it, it, it's almost like, you know, just bad luck that, that happens all the time where, where, you know, the star player right before the, the, um, district game, um, senior night, or, you know, even, I've had even, you know, uh, dancers that, that, you know, big performance and, and they, they twist their ankle and they want, of course, they want to get back as soon as possible. And then I tell them, look, based on your injury, like, we're, we're probably not going to, this isn't going to happen. If it's not going to happen, I, I tell them, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm up front with them and I tell them, look, I don't think this is going to happen. Um, you you risk get making the injury worse. Every once in a while, though, we can. We can probably just tape it up and kind of patch it up and see how it goes. Like, I, this happened, you know, with, with a, a shot putter that, that sprained her ankle. Um, just this year, you know, with, with during district, she was going to go to district. Uh, she had less than a week. And, uh, yeah, rehabbed her, and, and uh, she wasn't at 100%, but she was good enough to, to to go ahead and go to district. I think she ended up play, placing a third. Wow. Yeah, so, okay. I mean, the thing is, uh, again, I mean, with, with communication with Marco, making sure that, that uh, we, we're both on, you know, just today actually I asked him about uh, if he could, get, he could get somebody in pretty quick. You know, they're, they're, they're uh, a collegiate um, um, athlete and, and they got to go back. So Marco's going to see him uh, pretty quick, too.
0: Wow okay so sometimes when they it's on a quicker timeline Marco what 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 do you do in that case I do you just ramp up what they're doing or just kinda right
6: we got to just control the pain and his symptomology first so that we can try to start loading them up progressively and and safely right because I don't want to do something that's going to irritate them and say they have a competition in a week or two weeks I want to see if I can offload the tissue with taping or something and then communicate that with the athletic trainers too just because I come from that background too and um, Dr. Alvarado does a lot of stuff here at the local high school so that helps out greatly so we have that communication with the athletic trainer so I say hey maybe when they're at school start doing these types of exercises them and then progress them so when I get them then I can whether I'm doing anything like dry needling or, or, or any type of joint mobilization just to get them pain-free so that when we start loading them up they can be pain-free and a lot of it is to say okay is it the correct motor control are they using the right their body in the right way or are they showing dysfunction somewhere else or uh, type of a movement impairment somewhere else that can help fix the problem too so just because they have pain at a certain body part doesn't mean it's coming from there you got to look above and below it and make sure that that there's nothing going up up the leg or down the leg or same thing with the arm or thoracic spine or whatever the case may be.
0: That makes a lot of sense as well. And when, when we're talking about just um, a person that doctor sends you over sends over to you, do you all have like
6: templates or kind of like a – do you customize something specifically for everybody? I customize because depending on what we're treating, right? If we're treating patella femoral or patella tendon, we're going to treat it differently because the structure histologically is different. And is it a compression load? Is it a, a load that, that they're not doing well. Is it a shearing force it's going? So we're going to treat stuff differently by how they present. And so you never want to go uh, to any type of facility where they have these cookie, um, cookie cutter type um, handouts that they give to the patient just because they have knee pain. It's, sometimes it can be a hip issue that's just showing up symptoms at the knee. So you got to look at the hip and treat the hip not just the knee, and that's the hard part, is um, when I got into the profession and when I actually moved back to El Paso, I saw a lot of the therapists treating just the part where the patient's um, saying they have pain, but they're never looking above and below to see why did they break down, what caused the injury. So. Yeah, so it's always customized. We're not going to throw 10 million exercise at them and hope one of them hits because then we don't know what's working or what's not working.
0: That makes a lot of sense too, and uh, I, I want to ask you guys both this because I feel like this is uh, something that you guys have been talking about this whole segment so far. Why is the communication between both of you all so important, Doc? I mean, I mean, it seems like you guys can talk, can call each other all the time and you guys have a really open line of communication with each other.
5: Well, because, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, like you, you said, we're trying to get the, the athlete back as soon as possible. So uh, communication is, is important. You know, he, he could send me the notes or I could send him the notes. And by the time this is all said and done, like we've wasted a week or more, you know. And and so, yeah, I, I think it, it's super important. And, and, and it's great, you know, that that I'm able to do that with with Marco. And he's able to do that with me. You know, he, he can tell me he's, he's told me before, hey. This patient isn't progressing. Like we we uh, we might we might look at, at an MRI. You know what what else is going on? What are we missing? You know we might be missing something. And and uh, then I tell him too, like you know the, I think sometimes too, just telling him the the urgency of where we are. And of course he, he's gonna take the the athlete as, as fast as he can. You know but um, things that that he he might it might change a little bit of what he does. You know. Um, obviously, yeah, super important that that we have that communication.
0: What goes into
6: you sending it back to Doc and saying, hey, things aren't going that well? Well, yeah, we look at tissue time, healing, and things of that nature. If they're a healthy person, not diabetic diabetic or have any other comorbidities, I should know how more or less stuff's supposed to progress, you know? And if stuff's not getting there, then I'm missing something, or, or it needs to be sent back to take a better look at it, and because I don't want to hold on someone, and I'm not getting the results I want, and, and I'm just wasting both their time and my time, so I'd rather shoot them back to the doctor and say, "Hey, uh, they're not responding the way I want them to respond. You know, do they need an MRI right now? Do they need an X-ray? Do they need something else? We need to take a look at."
0: Going back to you, doc. So in those worst-case scenarios, the the MRI comes back, and and yeah, they might need to go under the knife. What what goes on then? What's next after that?
5: Then it's 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 getting them to the the right doc. You know, a lot a lot of things. we you know, we never really talk about. Um, with is, is uh, orthopedics, you know, like a, this misconception. And it's, it's, it's even with doctors, actually, not, not just with, you know, uh, patients, but uh, that one orthopedic can do everything. And that's not the case. You know, you have orthopedics that, that, that uh, even if they don't so specialize in, in their practice, uh, you could have orthopedic A that does 100 shoulders, and then you have orthopedic B that does two shoulders and and when you go to both offices they're both going to swear yeah I do shoulders but obviously you want orthopedic A and and that's that's the other thing that um I think Marco does well too that that he he gets to see the the after you know like uh, after the surgery he gets to see that 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 surgeon's work of art or botched up work you know luckily Very in El Paso true. luckily in El Paso we 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 see more good good surgeons um but he's a great resource in that sense, too, because I'm like, hey, Marco, is this guy good, you know, for hand? And he, he's like, no, you know, he's good for, for hip, but not good for hand. And so uh, in that sense, you know, Marco provides a lot of good good information, you know. But, yeah, at the end, the next step would be like, hey, you, you did this to your knee. Uh, let's get you a good, you know, knee orthopedic surgeon.
0: Marco, uh, for you, I, I want to ask you so, just are there any common treatments? It seems like you, you're very customizable. What's the most common treatment that you kind of experience on a day to day
6: basis? most common would be um that's kind of an interesting question right because it depends on the body part right Mm -hmm. um a lot of times with um i know in el paso a lot of the the more old school physical therapy clinics like to do a lot of like heat pack ultrasound and it's like the Ah. same thing for everybody but then you look at the research and the research just doesn't quite say what the what the pt is telling the patient so that's what i see a lot the 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 hot pack the e stim before and after treatment. Well, if I want to warm them up, I'd rather get them moving than do some of these modalities that just have them lay there and not do anything physical. If physical is what they want to get back to, being physical, you got to get them active and not just, you know, do a lot of modalities with a heat pack and the ultrasound. And, you see, and that's, that's a big thing because you look at the research, the research kind of says other things about how effective of treatments they are. And I see that a lot here in El Paso that I try to turn it around a little bit and say, hey, some of those things are good if you want to control pain, but they need to exercise. That's where the the magic happens, not just doing a lot of these passive modalities going back to you doc what
0: are some of the uh active I, I guess just basic active measure measures that people can take on a daily basis i feel so redundant at times because we ask you this a lot of different times healthy tips healthy ways to go around things but just ways to stay active going on, off the lines that marcus just said
5: well you know a lot of people think that you know there's a misconception and, and people think that hey to get a uh, an effective workout you have to break a sweat and be be huffing and puffing but Walking, you know, just walking it itself, it's it's great for the heart. And so <clears throat> just 20 minutes, you know, 20 minutes a day um, is something that you could do that, that uh, obviously not in this heat, you know, maybe inside. Or uh, at night or in the morning. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, just walking, you know. And then the other thing is uh, I always talk about three things, you know. One is, is the cardiovascular, which, you know, we talked about with the walking. And then uh, making sure that, that, that you're doing some strength training. Uh, and you could do that with bands or, or just, you know, water bottles, something that, that's light. And then lastly, you know, making sure that you, you stretch. Um, and this goes for any age, you know. Obviously, uh, talk to your doctor, you know. Obviously, if you have something going on, you, you have some, some hip arthritis, then you got to modify it. But if you got nothing going on, then, then uh, make sure you're doing all three. You know, you're, you're hitting the cardiovascular, you're, you're doing strength training and, and stretching. Marcos,
0: anything you'd add on that? What about for the working class? Like who's stuck in a cubicle or stuck in an office or a studio like this, like me?
6: Yeah, get up and move and move as often as possible, right? So if you're sitting for more than 20 minutes, you do want to stand up, move around, even if it's just for a couple of minutes or two before you sit down. You know, offload those tissues from that prolonged posture that you're in. Because if not, stuff's going to start to change and adapt to the shortness, you know, and then you're going to get up and you're going to say, why are my hips so tight or why is my back so tight? Well, it's because of prolonged posture. So move and move more often. That's, That's probably, you know, motion is lotion. Okay. Just get moving okay I like this
0: well hey you all have been great thank you so much for all the great time today I just want to mention uh, Dr. Sergio Alvarado is El Paso board certified in medicine with an added qualification in sports medicine out at the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine they've recently expanded their location 2267 Treywood uh, Suite G2 and parents summer's here Desert Institute of Sports Medicine is offering summer specials for sports physicals going on right now for just $20 you can call to set up an appointment one. 52569751 or google the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine to learn more doc how have the sports uh, physicals been going uh recently
5: great you know we we've, we've had a good turnout um all the way from middle school to to high school and right now you know i guess parents are taking advantage that the kids are out and so they, they got time you know
0: it's crazy that school is like only four weeks away or something yeah. like that isn't that scary I, it's, I hate it, the <laughs> we around school
5: right yeah I was like geez I'm glad we didn't have that yeah you know the teachers I think hate it more
0: yeah yeah shout out all the teachers there <laughs> I, I really I really thank all them hey Marco Sparga thank you so much for joining us here on the show today you were bit, you've been a great guest so thanks so much for giving us all this insight today on the show thank you for having me all right and and doc really appreciate it as always we'll get a chance to do this soon Thank you, Adrian. All right, that does it for us here today on the on the another edition of the Ask a Doctor here from the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. We'll take a timeout right now. When we come back, more sports talk as as, as uh, we continue here on six hundred ESPN El Paso.
4: You've been listening to Ask a Doctor with Dr. Sergio Alvarado on 600 ESPN El Paso. Brought to you by the Desert Institute of Sports Medicine. Call to set up an appointment at 915 256 9751 or visit DesertInstituteEP.com for more.
5: All
0: right, welcome back to Sports Talk. Oh, my goodness, so much has gone on in the NBA draft. Oh man, I, I can't even. I, I. It was hard to keep myself contained with what was going on uh, in the NBA draft right now. First off, Paulo Banquero is the number one overall pick. He goes to the Orlando Magic in a absolute shock. I mean, I'm telling you all day long. They had talked about Jabari Smith knew that he was going to Orlando number one. He was confident, 100. Adrian Wojnowski had tweeted it out earlier. And then the Orlando Magic have a change of heart in the last moments of the NBA draft, and they select... Paolo Banquero out of Duke, he goes number one. The the power forward from Duke goes number one instead of Auburn's Jabari Smith Jr., who ends up third overall to the Houston Rockets as a power forward. Uh, then, if things couldn't get even uh, more dramatic, which, by the way, all power forwards taken so far in the first four picks, instead of getting Purdue's Jaden Ivy, the clear-cut number four overall pick, out of Purdue... The Sacramento Kings select Keegan Murray out of Iowa, the power forward, and they do not get a guard. Uh, This is shocking for multiple reasons. Well, first off, getting Jaden Ivey would have been a stretch for the Sacramento Kings just knowing that uh, Jaden Ivey would join a backcourt that already has Davion Mitchell, that already has De'Aaron Fox. And it doesn't have that. You don't have that necessary uh, that necessarily connection between Sacramento and uh, a team like Jaden Ivey, who would come into the mix thinking he could be the starting point guard right away. When Fox is already that starting point guard, uh, Davion Mitchell is a strong guard in the backcourt. It's tough for them to actually go off and do something like this. But I don't. I don't care. I look at Jaden Ivey. I'll, I'll tell you this: the, the Detroit Pistons they're picking next at number five. They already have Cade Cunningham, who they drafted first overall last year in the NBA draft. I guarantee they take Jaden Ivey because you get the best player available on the board, and uh, I still think the Detroit Pistons will take him here at number 5. Man, this draft is shaking out crazy. Are we really surprised Sacramento makes a crazy pick?
3: No, you know what? I don't think it's that crazy at all because uh, that's this is kind of what I wanted. I didn't want Jaden Ivey to go to uh, Sacramento. We were speaking about this the other day because there's really no fit. And there when isn't. Com- when it comes to Detroit, I guess like, you know, position by position, they already have Cade Cunningham. But they could make a nice duo out there, or maybe they're sending a message to Cunningham, we need you to – inadvertently saying, hey, step it up, or we have this rookie here who's going to take your spot. Even though Kate Cunningham, he only spent one year in the league so far, who I think is still going to be really good, I'm just talking crazy because I'm looking at the TV while trying to speak at the same time, and I can't do that.
0: What do you guys think? Who? What did you think of the polo pick?
2: Man, I, once I saw it, I was like, whoa! Because we thought I was going number three for sure. But then we also saw that you know later on, we were mm-hmm. like, you know what? They, they're looking like he's going to go number one and sure enough there he was right there orlando magic that's crazy.
0: So I, I follow the NBA draft via Twitter and mm-hmm. via you know what we're watching on TV right now. And when I when I have, uh, when I look at Adrian Wojnowski and Sham Sharani, I just always assume they're right. Like I, I assume everything they say is going to happen. It's gold. Well, I started freaking out in the middle of the Ask a Doctor interview because <laughs> I saw that at number two, OKC was going to take Jabari. And I was uh. like, I was like fumbling with my phone. I was like, oh no, <laughs> this is going on right now. And we've got our <laughs> (laughs) Our great friends, Doctor Sergio Alvarado and Marco Spadiga, here, and I'm trying not to lose it. But then they 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 took Chet, and I was like, "All right, everything is okay. Everything is okay," Um, which is not a surprise, right? Because Chet Holmgren going to OKC at number two, that he can have the time to grow within their program and then try to develop as a prospect. Six foot ten, lanky, one hundred ninety five pounds. I don't know, Sal. I'm not necessarily a fan of uh, of Chet. I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm really not, but let's see what he ends up doing with them.
3: You know what? I I do like the pick for OKC, one, because I'm biased. But number two, uh, I think they also made the best available pick at that time. But when I'm looking at the roster, almost everything is is solidified, at least in this young core. And out of the teams who are in the lottery, they're one of the few teams who have a true rebuild with rebuilding pieces already set in place. So you look at Giddy, who was exceptional last year. SGA. We could start and end there. We know what he's capable of. And then uh, the Dortcher Chamber. Yep. Lou Dort at uh, at the three. So when you when you get a guy who is the size of Chet Holgrim and he has that skill set, he could play well, I think, alongside SGA and adding a nice complement on offense. Now, of course, the team still has to get better defensively and that's where Lou Dort comes in, but I, I like it because they got the best available pick at a position that they don't have a, a, rebuilding, a solid rebuilding piece for yet.
0: Yeah. I'm with you on that. And it's a project. Chet's not mm. going, going to be great right away. He's going to be a project at number five. Uh, the Detroit Pistons indeed took, uh, Jaden Ivy. No surprise right there. Purdue, Purdue guard, uh, who could really help. He looked good out there, J- uh, Jason. He was crying though. He was real emotional. You could tell this meant a lot to him.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I really did. It looked like it. Um, I'm, I'm, once you said, like, use the Twitter feed, I'm, I'm on the feed right now, um, you know, sidetrack brain, uh, how do they get these graphics so good, so fast?
0: I know they already have the jersey edits done. They have the team that they're going to. It's like they they have all of this already completed uh, before it even happens, which is pretty amazing. Um, I'm looking at Indiana, who's picking at sixth. They could, uh, in my mock draft that I wrote today, I have them taking Benedict Matherin out of Arizona. I just am really fixated on Matherin as a prospect. Uh, I got a chance to watch him to uh, you know throughout this season with the with the Wildcats and Tommy Lloyd and this team. I just think Matherin's one of those strong players who can really help Indiana out. And for Indiana, you talk about a team who's rebuilding, that's a team who's going to blow it up. Malcolm Brogdon's not going to be on that team next year. Miles Turner's probably not going to be on that team next season. T.J. Warren's gone from that group. So with the Indiana Pacers, they're getting a full reset under new head coach Rick Carlisle.
3: Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say that's. Um, it, I was talking about OKC right now, how they're a true rebuilding team, but they they already taken some steps. That's a team that's literally starting from scratch all yeah. over again.
0: Most definitely, but OKC,
2: uh, the
3: Pacers. Oh, the Pacers.
2: Yeah. Um. What I was going to say is, uh, I just saw something. Does Brooklyn not have a pick in this draft? I don't think so. I what think in so. the world? See, that's the right. Sorry, we got to go right back to Kyrie. This that whole it's a mess. That is a whole entire mess. Don't even have a pick in the draft. There's something going on. Kyrie's out. He's,
0: he's you, you know that you know how they actually lost all their picks, right? They lost all their picks because they traded for James Harden. I mean they
3: they gave away all their picks for that Harden move.
0: So
2: and look at him now.
3: There you go. Well, if I'm not mistaken, were they kind of in that same situation when they made that big trade for like KG and, and Paul Pierce? Like yes. ten years ago. No, you're or so? exactly right. And there was a coach involved. Well, Jason Kidd was involved. I think he was trained oh. as a coach. Yeah, he like a coach was actually <laughs> I mean,
4: never, that I've never
0: seen that in my life. <laughs> I think first and last time we'll see something like that actually happen. But, yeah, you know, you guys are remembering that totally correct. Uh, our telephone number, 915-505-6009, if you'd like to get in. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. Uh, that's 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter. NBA draft going on right now on ABC. Uh, currently Indiana on the clock. We'll see where they go at this pick. The, picking after Indiana is Portland at number 7. Portland was rumored to trade for O.G. Ananobi from the Toronto Raptors and then help them out there uh, to to kind of give away their seventh overall pick. Toronto would then enter the top ten and, and pick at that position at number seven. Uh, by the way, you look at you know you mentioned a team like Brooklyn who doesn't have a first overall pick. Uh, Toronto is in that same boat too. Uh, the Lakers are in the same situation; they do not have a first round pick. Oh. Uh, so there are several teams across. Uh, I'm looking at Utah; they don't have a first round pick. Um, they uh, look at the Boston Celtics; they want they got Derek White. In a big deal, so instead of having Derek White on their team, um, you know they they ended up shipping off that first round pick to San Antonio, which they have at a uh, pick number twenty five. So that's another one that we could look at right there. Uh, you look at uh, New Orleans; they also don't have a uh, a uh, you know first overall pick. They traded that away to Charlotte. Hi, Selma, good to see you, uh, Sal's wife here. As we continue on Sports Talk, um, so yes, as we kind of predicted. Uh, Indiana took Benedict Matherin at the uh, number six overall pick. It gives you a sizable wing that you can work and plug in as soon as T.J. Warren is out of the mix with the Pacers. Uh, I like this pick for a lot of reasons for the Pacers. Sal, what we were just talking about mm-hmm. is uh, Portland's possible—you know—Portland possibly staying at, here at number seven and not trading O.G. Ananobi. The trade was never made final yesterday. It was—it it, it circled a lot of rumor mills uh, yesterday, but it was never solidified. If they stay strong at this pick, do you like that move for Portland, or do you want them to trade it so they could try to get more pieces around uh, uh, around somebody like uh, you know Damian Lillard?
3: I think right now you go with the best available pick and then use that as leverage in a trade for later because they they literally have like three and a half minutes to, to solidify this decision. But at this point, I think uh, Lillard is definitely informed and also even pitching in his two cents as to what if there's a player available he'll probably give us two cents as to who he wants and the the Pacers, the Blazers will more than likely, you know, make that pick. So I think um, this is something basically whoever they draft, I think is going to get traded down the road.
0: Yeah, I, I can see where you're going with that one, Sal. Uh, hey, let's take a timeout right now. When we come back, we're going to get to our final countdown. We'll join Voice of the Chihuahuas, Tim Haggerty, as Sports Talk winds down on a very busy Thursday afternoon. And then tomorrow, we'll recap the NBA Draft Live at the a a All the Way Charity Softball game. It's all coming up as Sports Talk continues right here on 600 ESPN El Paso.